you ready? Drivers, start your engines! Gonna be an exciting race today. They look absolutely spectacular. I don't think it can get much better than this. Let's go, man. I love any car racing. Live from WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca in Monterey, California, this is the NTT IndyCar Series on the IndyCar Radio Network. Which is two races remaining. 24-year-old Alex Pillow is trying to close in on a championship. Thanks for joining us here on IndyCar Radio as we bring you live coverage of the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Let's hear from some of these drivers, starting with our pit reporters. Let's welcome in Alex Wolf. Hello, Alex. Hello, Nick. Great to be here at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. And the man that dominated last time we were here two years ago, dominating Noden qualifying yesterday, Colton Herta. What's it going to take to repeat? your performance of 2019 uh it's gonna have to be perfect race from tire conservation um you know we really need to kind of nail that and uh keep the tires under us so we'll see it's it's warmed up quite quickly and it's just going to keep getting hotter so that will play into the aspect of it so it'd be interesting well, that's how he's going to roll off today. Quickly over to Dan Rusinowski. Alexander Rossi starting in P2. Uh, Andretti, your team won two in this uh, going into this. Uh, your home race, this is where it all started for you. you got to be excited. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a great turnout. It's a beautiful day to have a motor race. So, uh, yeah, as you said, it was, a, it was a good qualifying for Andretti Allsport, and we'll see how, how this afternoon goes. Awesome. Let's go over to Alex. Power talking to the crowd, fist pumping them. Will, Will, real quickly here on IndyCar Radio, what's the outlook for the race today? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Dag and when you pit and all that, we'll just kind of take it as it comes. We'll see. I think uh, we have a good car and um, qualified up there, so see what we can do. Well, that's Will Power. He rolls off from the inside of row two here today in the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Appreciate that. Alex and Dan are going to try to track down a couple more drivers. But the uh, front three right there, Colton Herta, Alexander Rossi, Will Power, welcome to a uh, somewhat abbreviated IndyCar Radio pre-race show as we get set to go racing for the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Our driver analyst is uh, Davey Hamilton. Davey, 95 laps around Laguna Seca, ultra-technical, fast road course. I think we're both looking forward to this one. Yeah, it's going to be great. And as, as both the drivers, well, actually, Herta and Will Powers, their, their biggest concern is tire deg. This track is old. It's old surface. It wears the tires out. I love it. I think it's good that uh, that you have to manage your tires and you have to respect your car and, and make sure that you keep them underneath you. Also, to keep an eye on is pit lane. we got to remember most cars I think has ever really ran here is 24. We have 27 to pit lane. Tight, tight pit spot, uh, stalls to get get in and out of these. A lot of mistakes could be made in pit lane or take advantage of pit lane. So it's going to be a wild day. It's beautiful. Sun's out. Perfect, perfect conditions, for, as, as Rossi says, for a motor race. And uh, I'm ready for it. Let's hear from our championship points leader, a 25-point advantage over the entire field. It's Alex Pillow, and he's standing by with Alex Wolf. And Alex Pillow rolls off for the fourth position, talking to Dario Franchitti. And Alex, what do you think about today's race? I think it's going to be a beautiful day and a beautiful race for us. So, yeah, looking forward to it. A track I love. I think uh, starting up front, um, we'll try and, and go with the, with the leaders that, uh, yeah, they look really strong. So we'll try and follow them and, and hopefully um, be on victory lane at the end of the race. Wish you the best of luck out there. Thank you so much. 
He'll look to repeat his winning performance from last week at Portland and carrying a 25 points lead with just two races to go. Thank you, Alex. And he will start in the fourth position, Davey Hamilton. Most importantly, the three ahead of him, not in championship contention. Alex Below checked a big box on the list yesterday, out-qualifying his fellow title uh, counterparts. Yeah, absolutely. And that's very key to do that. And it's going to be it's going to be one of those races where he just needs to survive and to conti- and, and continue to, to protect that points lead. So uh, we'll see what he can do. But, you know, smart driver, good day. It's going to be exciting to watch, as I say. If you want a feel-good story, an underdog to root for, how about the guy starting in fifth? And he's standing by with Alex Wolf. Top 10 qualifying effort at Portland last week. Top 5 for Oliver Askew this week for Ray Hall, Letterman, and Lanigan Racing. And this is a track that I know brings back some great memories for you in the road to Indy. And what's going to take to have some more great memories here in the NTT IndyCar Series? Well, a little bit of speed, a good, uh, fast, high V Honda. The number 45 guys have done a, a great job all week, you know, rolling out here with uh, with speed. So luckily we were able to take advantage of that in qualifying yesterday. And um, I know it's... I haven't raced here before in an Indy car, but I know it's uh, typically hard to pass, so um, the starting position should help. Uh, should have some, hopefully have some good clean stops and uh, work our way forward here. Wish you a good safe run today. Thank you. Over to Dan Rusinowski with Simon Pagino. Simon, uh, ninth position to start this race. So it looks like the weather has cleared up. It's going to be beautiful. Give us your thoughts on, uh, on your position and, and what your strategy is going to be like. Well, I'm hoping for really hot weather. We, we've got a car that's uh, set up for race mode. Um, taking care of the rear tires the harder it's going to be the better it's going to be for us so uh, really hoping that's going to happen it's it's our strength usually to keep the tires underneath us uh, and this race usually is about that so uh, let's cross fingers we've got some ways to go forward but we have a an extremely fast car how much does your experience help in the pits because it's pretty tight in here it's very tight uh, t- pit entry is something special <laughs> you're facing the wall it's very difficult to know where to break it's sketchy you actually I, I grab the clutch going into pit lane and then the pit exit is just as treacherous uh, you know if you if you go in the dirt you're going to get a penalty and uh, obviously on cold tires a lot of time to make a big time you could lose as well we're looking forward to a good race for me good luck thank you very much simon pagino starting in p9 let's go back to nick yep he will start ninth uh, great hustle by alex wolf and dan rusinowski for tracking down some drivers on the grid as again we're going to go racing green flag uh just about 25 minutes from now looking forward to it when we come back pre-race festivities for the firestone grand prix of monterey and it's right here on indycar radio Back at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, on the West Coast, wrapping up. Uh, again, it's the middle race, I should say, of a three-race West Coast road swing to close out the 2021 NTT IndyCar season. Your points leader is Alex Pillow by 25 markers over Pato Award, 34 over Joseph Newgarden. Scott Dixon, a distant fourth, uh, 49 points behind. There are a couple scenarios where Alex Pillow could close out the championship today by simply starting at Long Beach next week, but he's got to finish inside the top five and have a little bit of issues for some of those drivers that he has been battling in. But as we talked about, he's got a fantastic starting position starting in the fourth spot, and he is fresh off of a win at Portland International last week. So he is going to be one to watch, no doubt about it. Of course, IndyCar racing uh, back at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. They raced in 2019 where Colton up one from pole position. Let's go trackside to kick off pre-race festivities. 
Ladies and gentlemen, at this time we ask that you please rise and remove your hats as the color guard from the Presidio of Monterey presents our nation's colors. Please remain standing as Chaplain Jason Holt of IndyCar Ministries offers today's invocation. Father God, we thank you for the gift of another day of life and such an amazing creation that you've given for us to enjoy. God, in this moment, we pray for the brave men and women serving around the globe and within our borders, protecting our freedom to be able to gather like this today. God, we ask for your blessing over the drivers, teams, safety personnel, and these great fans, that we would have a great, smooth, and most of all, a safe event today. But God, we just say thank you so much for the hope and love available to all through the cross of Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen. Here today to honor America with the singing of our national anthem, please welcome Alfonso Ribeiro. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight Oh, the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air Gave proof through the night that our flag was still there Oh, see, does that star-spangled banner yet wave? Oh, the land of the free and the home of the Amateur race car driver Alfonso Rivera with your national anthem to get things started. Now let's take a look at your starting lineup for the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Row 14. Dalton Kellett, Canada. Row 13. Callum Ilo, United Kingdom. Jimmy Johnson, United States. Row 12. Rinus VK, the Netherlands. Takuma Sato. Japan. Row 11. Elio Castroneves, Brazil. Sebastian Bourdais, Le Mans, France. Row 10. Jack Harvey, Lincoln, England. Ryan Hunter Ray, United States. Row 9. Connor Daly, United States. Joseph Newgarden, United States. Row 8. Scott McLaughlin, New Zealand. Felix Rosenquist, Sweden. Row 7. Ed Jones, Dubai. Romain Grosjean, France. Row 6. Graham Rahal, United States of America. James Hinchcliffe, Canada. Row 5. Max Chilton, England. Simon Pagenaud, France. Row 4. Scott Dixon, New Zealand. Marcus Eriksson, Sweden. Row 3. Patricio Ward, Monterey, Mexico. Oliver Askew, United States. Row 2. Alex Below, Spain. Will Power, Australia. On the outside of row one. Alexander Rossi, United States. And starting on the pole. Colton Herta, United States of America. 
And once again, it's time for our HPD engineering update. We're here with Kelvin Fu, director of programs here at HPD. Big weekend here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. If you guys lock up this manufacturer's championship, it will be 25 years to the day when Jimmy Vassar and Honda did it back in 1996 at this very race course. Amazing when you think about it. Yeah, it just talks to the legacy of HPD and Honda and our dedication to racing. We've been racing in IndyCar for the last 28 years, and it's really an indication of how much Honda invests and puts its importance on racing and all the people back at the factory and here at the track that make us winners. What about this circuit that is so special to this Honda program? Well, there's been a lot of great, great events here, um, especially the past. And... You know, it's just a classic circuit from both IndyCar and also sports car. You know, we love coming here. It's a it's a great event, and Monterey and the whole area is, it like really supports us. Best of luck. Thanks you so much. That's Kelvin Fu. He's the director of programs at HPD, and that's your Honda HPD engineering update. That is the voice of Michael Young, who will be out of the course helping to call the action with the HPD update. Honda's starting on the front row with Herta and Rossi. Got Honda's fourth and fifth with Polo and Askew, seventh and eighth with Erickson and Dixon. Just a few moments away from firing the engines. Davey, I know you're looking down at the starting grid, and we were talking during the break about the different, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily super superstitions or ways that these drivers warm up and get ready to climb in those race cars vastly different for different drivers yeah some have a little rituals i noticed rossi does a little marching looking thing before he gets in there and some guys you know they pet their car i, I watch colton herda he he just hops in he just goes and gets right after he's ready ready to get with the program so uh they, they all have their little different ritual to, whether it's good luck or just something they're used to doing every time i know sometimes people will get it on the right side of the car get it on the left but uh uh, but now, whatever the ritual is, it's time that they're in the cars or both of them. We're just waiting for that announcement to get it going. What did you do, Davey? I mean, in the, in the couple minutes, five, ten minutes leading up to uh, firing the engines where you were going to go and do battle with uh, your fellow competitors. <laughs> you got to remember where I came from. I'm a Saturday night short track guy. We had no time to have any rituals or superstitions. It's the same thing. You get in the car and get after it. And uh, in, in sprint cars, you have to get in on the left side. You cannot get in on the right side. Same with the super modifieds uh, and the it's midget silver crown that I'm used to drive and so uh, maybe that's the only thing I always got in the left side because that's the way you had to get in the short track car so I got on the left side of any car as well. You mentioned Colton Hurd a very laid back nature he's a California kid does uh, that suit him well for racetracks like Laguna Sega with the elevation change where you really just need a guy who is willing to just sling it around here and not be faced by anything. You know and he does it so easily I mean uh, being able to work with Colton his rookie year really an honor and just as you know I, I thought well he, he had some good people to help including his dad obviously brian hurt and allinger jr and myself were all a part of the program and uh but man all, all we had to do is teach him the race side of it he knew how to go fast there wasn't anything that we could do to make him go any faster it was just maybe on just some race tactics and how to be there at the end and some certain things like that but uh what what a pleasure it is to work with him what a talent he is and uh, here he is again, uh, second time at this racetrack, second time on the pole. Now we'll see if he can, for the second time, win this thing. It was a dominating performance in 2019 for Colton Herta as he won from the pole position. Uh, obviously, last
last year. Took a break uh, due to COVID. Didn't race out on the West Coast, but so good to see IndyCar back at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. First race was in 1983 for IndyCar. Teo Fabi was the race winner that weekend. The most winning driver uh, at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca is Bobby Rahal when he won four straight years at Laguna Seca. 84, 85, 86, and 87. Mario Andretti, he knows his way around Laguna Seca as well with three pole positions. And, of course, he has uh, had a, 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 a watchful eye on our pole sitter, Colton Hurdup. Colton's dad, Brian Hurdup, also had three pole positions, 97, 98, and 99. We'll see if Colton Hurdup can lead the field for 95 laps. Let's go trackside to get things started. Attention on the grid. Your attention on the grid, please. We are one minute to the command. One minute to the command. All right, so we are one minute away to firing those engines. And uh, Davey Hamilton, these are the moments for those drivers. Uh, last final thoughts before they get set to go racing here for 95 laps. Well, a lot of things are going through these drivers' minds right now. Number one, it's, you know, the nerves kick up right about now, knowing what you're about to go do and how it's, you're trying to figure out how it's all going to lay out. But as soon as this one minute goes and they pop that clutch and head out pit lane, it's business. It's time to get to business. And that's when the nerves go away. And you start uh, talking to your team, making sure everything's good to go, take a few warm-up laps, and, and the best part of being a race driver, and that's being in the race. And so they're about to get it done. There are some drivers deep in the field that have some work to do today. Those include Joseph Newgarden. He's in the championship hunt. He starts in 17th. Scott Dixon holding on to hopes of winning the championship. He starts in 8th. Pottawa Ward sits 2nd in the points. He is 6th. And, of course, they're all going to have their eyes on Alex Pillow, our points leader, who starts in the 4th position. Well, I think now it is indeed time to go trackside to get things started. Let's go and uh, fire these Honda and Chevrolet engines. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for those most famous words in motorsports. Please welcome your Grand Marshal. You know him as Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and now the host of America's Funniest Home Videos, fellow racer Alfonso Ribera. Drivers, start your engines! Seven engines come to life outside of Monterey, California at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. It is time to go racing for the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. We asked Max Chilton to describe a lap around this 11-turn road course in Monterey, California. So as you come across the start line, it's uh, quite a steep over the crest, blind corner. Just as you come over the crest, it's then your, your breaking point, usually around the 300-yard board, uh, down four gears, you actually want to miss an apex. Uh, it, it looks like you've messed up, but the grip is on the outside. You actually want to miss both apexes at turn two. Um, and then you slingshot. You want to get as far across to the left as you can for turn three to open up because three and four, probably the two hardest corners on the track for grip. There's no camber and there's just very sandy and low grip. Uh, just roll as much speed as you can without braking at three. Same at four. You want to just touch the brakes, but very little, as little as you can. Down into five is a nice cambered corner. You can lose the rear quite easily if you go in a bit too hot. It's also off camber on the exit, so you have to be quite patient getting to power. And then my favourite corner on the track is turn six. It's a blind high-speed corner. You've got to 
just kiss the brakes enough to be able to drop it down a gear, but you want to be back on the throttle before you can see the apex, and then the car decks out, and if you get, get it right, you just feel the momentum carry all the way up the hill to the, the world-famous corkscrew. The corkscrew is very easy to overshoot. You want to make sure you're not locked up. If you're locked up, it's very messy. You want to kiss both apexes, and then just aim for... There's a third tree that I aim for. I just want to head straight for a little while to get some traction. And then you've got the turn nine, which is a really high-speed cambered corner. Your neck and hands are holding on as tight as they can. Um, and then you come out of that, run wide. It's a big, big apex, apex into turn 10, which is a highly banked corner. You think, oh, I've gone in too hot, but actually it grips. It's, and then you've got a short little dash down to turn 11, which is a really tight, nasty little last corner. But you want to make sure you don't go in too hot, that you can get good drive out all the way to finish the lap. That's what it looks like uh, in terms of being in the cockpit. How about on the grounds? We've got two really good turn announcers to help describe the action. He'll call turns two, three, four, and five. We say hello to Michael Young. Good afternoon, Nick Yeoman. What a beautiful afternoon here in Monterey, California. My vantage point, indeed, that turn two area where the Andretti hairpin has been monikered over the years. And, of course, the great Mario Andretti, they added that addition to this course back in 1987. That turn two area will be a double apex turn. The field will then make their way to turn number three, a little slower section of that course. It is a right-hander. Then they'll go a couple of hundred yards to the setup of turn number four. We saw several offs yesterday an opportunity for you to actually put those left sides into the dirt. It is a very quick corner and a quick run up the hill to the left-hander of turn number five. That turn will set you up for that long stretch that Max Chilton just described up the hill to the left-hander of turn number six. Then down the Ray Hall straightaway as you get set for turn seven. And of course, the world-famous corkscrew as we celebrate the 25th anniversary of the pass Alex Zanardi made on Brian Herter to win the race back in 19. 96. And then, after they enter the turn 8 area down the course groove, they'll come into the view of our very own Jake Query. Beautiful day, Jake Query. It is absolutely gorgeous, Michael. There's a slight breeze here. All of the fog has burnt off, and it is the sun splash track that we come to expect here in this area of California. When they work their way off of the corkscrew, it is downhill, leading into a high-speed turn number 10. I say high-speed because it is banked, and you've got to watch that inertia when you go through there so that you don't get the left side of your car to end work its way into the dust that is off just to the left there. We have seen some that kick up that dirt, but they can look straight ahead and see the gorgeous Monterey Bay, but they can't concentrate on that for very long because it's a left-handed turn number 11. It is a sharp turn. Nick, once they take that turn, it completes a lap here at the absolutely gorgeous and fabulous WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. Yep, 2.2 miles in length, 11 turns, 7 to the left, 4 to the right. It is a fabulous racetrack. Colton Herta on the front row along with Alexander Rossi. Jake, the pace car is accelerating ahead of you. They will start to stack up. We are moments away from going racing. It is Colton Herta on the softer compound red tires. Has to lock him up just a little bit with the pace car just behind him. He is followed by Alexander Rossi. They start to put some heat in those tires as the front four really have separated themselves. Then you wait just a little bit and actually Oliver Askew gets up there. Then it's Pata O'Ward. They've got one lap left to go here as everybody gets familiar. Mario Andretti likes this racetrack so much, Nick, that he said, you know what? Let's do it one more time. And that's what they're doing right now. Yep. Good opportunity with one to go to do a quick sweep of pit lane to get some final updates of some storylines we're going to be watching. We will start with Alex Wolf. 
Well, Nick, in my section of the pit lane, as far as the title contenders are concerned, Joseph Newgarden is on an island unto himself back here. Struggled in qualifying yesterday, 17th place on the grid. He was very dejected. Elsewhere in this section, Sebastian Bourdais in that half-hour warm-up session was doing a lot of tuning on the front and rear dampers of the A.J. Foyt machine with Supertex keeping a watchful eye. Let's head up a little bit further up the pit lane to the radio voice of the San Jose Sharks, Dan Rusinowski. Alex, just a beautiful day here in Monterey at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Some of the stories that we've got, of course, some of the top guys up front at the edge of pit lane. Alex Pillow so calmly walking toward his vehicle and jumping in. Alexander Rossi in second. You better not forget about him or Scott Dixon, though. That uh, Chip Ganassi and Andretti rivalry is going to be one of the interesting sidelights. And let's not forget about Graham Rahal either. For whatever reason, they've had trouble qualifying all season long, but they seem to do a lot better on race day than they do in those days. And Oliver Askew uh, starting out as well in the group that I'm covering. I think that he's going to be an interesting story and I think that's somebody we've got to watch. Yep, Oliver Askew with a fabulous qualifying effort yesterday. He will start in the fifth position, his best qualifying in his very young IndyCar career. Field starting to stack up through turns 10 and 11. A pair of Hondas on the front row. It's the teammates for Andretti Autosport. Colton Herta who dominated here two years ago. Alexander Rossi looking for his first win in more than two years. They line up side by side. Then it's Will Power, Alex Pillow in row number two, Alec Oliver Askew and Pato Award in row number three. The field makes their way out of that final left-hand tight turn, and Colton Herta is on the accelerator. We are racing. It's the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Herta to the inside. Rossi's going to challenge to the outside, Michael, in turn two. Side by side through turn number two. Colton Herta will a- be able to take the lead over Alexander Rossi, a one-car length advantage as they make their way through turn number three. A couple of cars off further back in the field, getting some dust kicked up. But Colton Herta makes his way through turn number four. Four car lengths over Alexander Rossi. Then four car lengths back to Will Power. Alex Pillow in that fourth position. A car length behind Will Power. Good start for Scott Dixon as he pops to the fifth position. And Pato Award is sixth. Marcus Erickson seventh. They climb the hill to turn six. Dixon went from eighth to fifth in the first couple corners as they climb the hill for the first time. It is Colton Herta. His advantage about four car lengths over Alexander Rossi. Rossi another three back to Will Power. And then right in tow, it's Alex Pillow. Front four out of the corkscrew for the first time. Take a look to see exactly how much room Alex Pillow has over his teammate Scott Dixon. The answer is eight car lengths. Then Dixon has Pata Award four car lengths behind him. The leader is Colton Herta through turn number 11. Herta accelerates out of turn number 11. It was a spirited try by Alexander Rossi to try to get around the outside, but Herta had the advantage down into turn number two. He will lead lap number one of the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey, and he'll lead the field back to turn two. Boy, it didn't take long for Colton Herta to check out. Now six car lengths ahead of Alexander Rossi in that second position. About eight car lengths back to Will Power, but further back in the field from like 15th on back, they're side by side through the hairpin. Back to the front. Colton Herta goes off. That will allow Alexander Rossi to make a charge. He'll look to the inside at turn number five. They'll go side by side through turn number five. Colton Herta still has the advantage. He touches Alexander Rossi. Rossi is off. He is into the tires. Alexander Rossi, his teammate Colton Herta touches the exit of turn 
turn number five. Nick Yeoman, what a tough break and a great battle through that turn number five. Unfortunately, Alexander Rossi will come up with the short end of the stick. We are under caution here in Monterey. Full course caution. Second place running Alexander Rossi has fallen to the rear of the field. We'll be back for the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Back at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, Davey Hamilton. It is hard to pass here, and Colton Herta is quick. you got to take advantage of the opportunities when you can. Alexander Rossi tried it, but, boy, it just simply didn't work down there in turn five. Yeah, they so close. Colton did go off course, turn four, uh, slowed him down a little bit, allowed his teammate Rossi to come up on the inside of him, and just such so close. I mean, just barely touched his right front to Colton's uh, left rear, just enough to upset the car and turn him around, unfortunately, off the dirty wind. Now he's going to be a lap down. It's going to be hard to recover. Also, first lap, first corner, I mean, turn, I'm sorry, turn three, uh, he uh, spun, did a 360 on that first lap and kept going. And Alexander Rossi has come to pit lane. We can hear that car firing up. Let's go to Dan Rusinowski. Alexander Rossi coming in for uh, repairs, and obviously they went from uh, the reds to the blacks. I've, that's changed the strategy completely with Rossi falling behind, but a pretty standard stop after that. Looked like they made a little bit of an adjustment up front. Yeah, the worst news, though, for Rossi, as Davey mentioned, he now is a lap down. He falls from second, where he started this race, to 27th. Shotgun on the field. Boy, his chance to win most certainly gone uh, here on lap number three with 92 to go here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Lights are off on the pace car. It's a quick yellow because there wasn't much to clean up. Jake, uh, can you give us a bit of a roll call of the top five or six as they make their way through tournament nine as we're set to go racing once again? Tenuous as it might have been just a lap and a half ago, the leader remains Colton Herta. He has behind him Will Power. Then it's Alex Pillow and Power's teammate Scott Dixon, who is followed by Pala Award Marcus Erickson, Simon Pagano, and Oliver Askew. Everybody up to speed, getting ready to roar their way through turn number 11. Colton Herta quickly jumps on the throttle. Simon Pagano is going to make a move to the inside of Marcus Erickson. He wants the sixth spot. Not going to be able to pull it off. He'll have to get back in line. That stacks him up behind him as Oliver Askew and Roman Grosjean go side by side for seventh. The leaders are into turn number two. Yeah, that battle for seventh, and we see Grosjean side by side with Oliver Askew further up in the field. Scott Dixon looks like he's got a little tussle with Pato Award. Marcus Erickson, they're battling it out. Meanwhile, back to the front, Colton Herta checks out a four-car length advantage over Will Power. Alex Pillow in that fourth position, excuse me, that third position. Dixon fourth, then Erickson, he settles out that battle with Pato Award. That is fifth position for Marcus Erickson. Sixth is uh, Pato Award, and seventh, Simon Pagino, right behind him, Oliver, Oliver Askew in eight. Yeah, and uh, Pato Award was running in the fourth spot. He got passed by a pair of Ganassi drivers. Scott Dixon, early race charge. He's moved up to fourth, and he brought Marcus Erickson with him into the fifth spot. Let's take a look at that train behind the front three. Dixon, Jake, leads him down the hill in the fourth spot. And these have been the two impressive movers so far. Scott Dixon followed by Marcus Erickson. They've gapped themselves about five car lengths before you get to Pato Award. Then it's Simon Pagino, just two behind that number five arrow machine. Boy, Askew and Grosjean were going side by side for about three or four corners as that battle finally settles down. Oliver Askew, who started fifth, he will now settle into the eighth position. Colton Herta, though, already into turn number one, but we have a battle as Simon Pagano, Michael, going to take a look to the outside of Pato Award. That's a battle for sixth position. Pato Award has the inside, but will now be on the outside as they enter turn number three. Simon
Simon Pagano will move up to that sixth position next on Simon Pagano's hit list, the machine of Marcus Erickson. It's Colton Herta, a 10-car length advantage over Will Power. Alex Pillow about 10 car lengths back then in that third position. Dixon about 12 car lengths back in fourth. Marcus Erickson and then Simon Pagano. That battle heating up for the fifth position. Yeah, Pato Award appears to be struggling as in two laps he's lost spots to Dixon, Erickson, Pagano. It's kicked him back to the seventh position and now Oliver Askew's trying to run him down as they get to the top of the hill at Laguna Seca and spiral their way through the corkscrew. Jake Pato Award and that orange and black car running seventh with Askew giving chase out of nine. And keep in mind for Pata Award in that points championship, knowing that Colton Hurt is in the lead, every position is critical for Pata Award. Right now, about a car length advantage over Oliver Askew, that high B machine not able to close that gap through turn number 11. In fact, uh, the faster car in that group might be Simon Pagano as he is starting to charge. He's in sixth. Michael, he's trying to run down Marcus Erickson into turn two. Yeah, good battle for that fifth position. Marcus Erickson about four car lengths behind his teammate Scott Dixon, but that allows Simon Pagano to close in. As you said, Nick Yeoman, the battle for that fifth position. Marcus Erickson sweeps to the outside, nearly gets those left sides out between turns three and four. Now Marcus Erickson exits turn number four, gets a nice run, though. He'll now gap himself about six car lengths over Simon Pagano. Now Marcus Erickson with a nice exit off of turn number five. He's starting to attack his teammate Scott Dixon, the battle for four. Working lap six of 95. Colton Herta is your race leader over Will Power, Alex Pillow, Scott Dixon, and Marcus Erickson. The top five, Simon Pagano has a fast Menard Chevrolet. He runs in sixth. Seventh is Pato Award. Eighth is Oliver Askew, although he's going to lose a spot to Roman Groshan. Groshan, Jake gets around Oliver Askew. He'll take the eighth spot away. And that means that Pato Award is the next now in the crosshairs of Roman Groshan, but he's got some room to make up, call it a 25-yard advantage right now in front of Grosjean for Pata Award. Back up front, we mentioned Simon Pagano. He has been strong as he has moved up to the sixth position. He's got a nice run on Marcus Erickson. Call it four car lengths, Michael. It's the battle for fifth into turn number two. Through the second apex of that Andretti hairpin, the exit of turn number two, Marcus Erickson will gap himself four car lengths over that high ladder yellow Bernard Chevrolet of Simon Pagano. Scott Dixon running in the fourth position. will just now exit turn number four. His teammate Marcus Erickson, Husky Chocolate sponsor on that car. Five car lengths behind Scott Dixon in fifth. Looks like Simon Pagano also about five car lengths. Then it's Pottle Award in that seventh position. Roman Grosjean eighth. Oliver Eskew ninth. And Ed Jones runs out your top ten. Davey, are you as impressed as I am with uh, how much action we've seen here in these first handful of laps? Yeah, so I'm, I'm watching the, the gainers and the gainers and the guys of, uh, on the move since the start of the race. Grosjean plus five. McLaughlin plus five. Hunter Ray. How about a good run for Hunter Ray? Uh, five as well. Losers. Rossi, unfortunately, we know that what happened there, but Rosenquist, he did a 360 and kept on going down there in turn three. He's down seven. Hinchcliffe, after a good qualifying run, he's lost uh, seven positions as well. So, right now, though, as you said, Paginal looks really good. Watch that pass on Pato Award. Very aggressive. Outside of turn two. Stuck with it. Pato tried to push him off track, but Paginal just had too much speed. How about this? One of our championship contenders going to roll the dice, Alex Wolf. 
The effort, Joseph Newgarden off of the blacks, onto the reds, and he is down and away. The Hitachi crew making a strategy call coming in early for this stop. That report for the pits is brought to you by Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Davey, what do you think of the call for Joseph Newgarden? Started 17th to jump off of those blacks. Yeah, so what happens in this situation, he has a lot to gain and a lot to lose. So what do you got to do? You got to gamble. And so what he's doing, he was being held up in traffic, bottom line. He just couldn't gain anything. He's stuck in that traffic. Why not pit? Pit window open in lap five, Nick. So the pit's lap nine right now. Pit window open. Might as well get in. Now what he has is clean racetrack. He can go lay down some laps right now. Now that should do a big undercut of these other guys and put him quite a ways ahead of some of the other guys being held up. But remember Portland last week, top six guys, it did not work for them. And the leader just kept switching. But right now, I think that's a smart move for Newgarden just to try to take a bit of a gamble. So as Newgarden rejoins, he will cycle to uh, the final car on the lead lap. He will be in the 26th position. But, uh, Jake Query, give us an idea for Joseph Newgarden, who is making his way out of the corkscrew now, that clean air Davey talks about here around the racetrack. Now we will watch here as Joseph Newgarden is all by his lonesome. He's on the red tires. He is very clean through turn number 10. He literally has about a quarter track in front of him with zero impediment whatsoever. So Joseph Newgarden, if the balance is where it needs to be, Nick, there's not going to be anybody in front of him to slow him down for quite a while here. Michael, we've been keeping an eye on Pato Award, one of our championship contenders who appears to be struggling in the early portions of this race. He had the seventh spot, but was he able to keep it battling with Roman Gros? Actually, in turn two at the exit, actually the midway point of turn number two, Grosjean got on the inside and got around Pato Award. Not a free fall, Nick, but certainly not the car he wants in the first stage of this race. And, of course, Pato uh, in the thick of a championship. Davey, guys like him, Dixon, uh, Newgarden, they cannot allow Alex Pelot to have a great day, and Pelot's doing that running in the third spot. Yeah, sure is. And how about, don't look now, but Colton Herta with a five-second lead over Will Power right now. So Power's going to take, he's coming in right now to going to do on a different strategy as well uh, and putting Pelot in second. Alex Wolf, the uh, strategy Ooh, for Team wow. Penske appears to be to pit early. Not only is he pitting early, the car is off. He has come into the pits, and they have turned off that Verizon 5G machine, and they are taking off the rear engine cowling for the number 12 car, so a tough break for Will Power as they right now are having all kinds of trouble trying to get the fasteners off, and right now they're going to get into position to try to see what is wrong, and I'll check on that right now. Boy, Davey, 10 laps into this race and just microcosms for the last couple years for both Alexander Ross and Will Power. Unbelievable qualifying efforts and problems before we even reach halfway. Yeah, I think that explains the distance that Herta was able to pull over uh, Power. It means that he it looked like maybe had a cylinder down, and uh, but not sure exactly what happened. But uh, yeah, well, we got another update down with Alex on it right now. Looks like what they might be doing is changing the ECU. Looks like they have changed the box out there. Try and get the side pod off on the left side and one of the uh, Chevrolet engineers handed the box and it looks like that's the change they're trying to make so maybe some sort of like electrical trouble for Team Penske. Yep, so they'll uh, try to get that fixed quickly. The problem though is Colton Herta is making his way through turns two and three and Will Power, like Alexander Rossi, 
Again, these drivers started second and third, both now going to be buried one lap down. As Colton Herta, his lead has grown now to 6.1 seconds, and it's over our championship leader, Alex Pelot. Scott Dixon runs in third. Marcus Erickson is fourth. Simon Pagano runs in the fifth position. Sixth is Roman Groshan. Seventh is Pato Award, who is just trying to hang on to the rear of that car, as Oliver Askew, who runs eighth, and Ed Jones, who's ninth, are trying to run him down. Scott McLaughlin runs in 10th, 11 through 15. Graham Rahal, Max Chilton, Ryan Hunter-Ray, Jack Harvey, and Connor Daly, 16 through 20. Sees James Hinchcliffe, Takuma Sato, Sebastian Bourdais, Felix Rosenquist, and Renus VK. 21st is Dalton Kellett, 22nd Jimmy Johnson, 23rd Callum Eilat. Joseph Newgarden has pitted already. He runs in 24th. Elio Castroneves has also opted for an early pit stop. He runs 25th. And then one lap down, Alexander Rossi at 26th will power in 27th. More of the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey on IndyCar Radio coming up after this. Back in the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Pit stop started. Let's get some updates. We start with Dan Rusinowski. Well, the big story, obviously, was Alexander Rossi coming off. We saw Pato Award getting some service, and now uh, at the front of the grid, really not much else. The, it's, it's been smooth sailing for Colton Herta after that little contact. Looks like there's no extra damage there, and Rossi being a lap down is obviously a big factor in this story. So, Alex Wolf, I anticipate that most of those drivers we just saw must have been in your section of pit lane. Yeah, they were, and really primarily in this section, one of the big movers that was able to come in for a pit stop was Simon Pagano as he went on to the Reds, and Kyle Moyer informed him that they had taken some front wing out of the number 22 Menards machine, so these strategy plays continue on this half of the pit lane. And the big thing we noticed, Davey Hamilton, was as guys like Pottawa Ward and Simon Pagano that were running either just inside or outside of the top five, when they rejoined Joseph Newgarden well ahead. Newgarden looks like when this shakes out maybe jumping 10 12 guys in the uh, running order yeah so that's what happens we talked when he pitted when you're being held up in traffic and in that dirty air it's amazing how much time that you do lose and i think joseph and his team seen that just like couldn't go anywhere stuck might as well pit get that clean air and that's exactly what he did it's worked out for him so far so your race leader is colton herda alex Pelot runs in second scott dixon is third Roma Groshan is in fourth. Oliver Askew is fifth. All of these drivers have yet to pit. Sixth is Ed Jones. Graham Rahal is seventh. Takuma Sato eighth. James Hinchcliffe ninth. Sebastian Bourdais runs in the tenth spot. Eleventh uh, is Felix Rosenquist. Twelve, Dalton Kellett. And then it's 13th place running Joseph Newgarden, who has a leapfrogged. Pato Award, who runs 14th. Marcus Erickson, who runs in 15th. This is the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Ooh, we got a car around in the cork screw. That is Felix Rosenquist. The second time we have seen the Aero McLaren SP driver spinning in the first 15 laps of this race. Looks like it's a harmless spin. Might have done a 360 and he's gotten that car spun back around, but Rosenquist has had quite an interesting day. Oh, looks like we got problems for Oliver Askew as well, Davey, on his pit stop. Yeah, unfortunately, left front, uh, he bobbled just so slightly with that left front wheel nut the jack guy dropped the jack prematurely, and he couldn't get it tight. Had to jack it back up. A costly stop for uh, for him. We have problems to the left front for Felix, or, uh, Oliver Askew, so he will cycle out as he makes his first pit stop of the day, working lap number 15 
of 95 here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seco. Your race leader is Colton Herta. His advantage right now, 8.3 seconds. So he has been strong, and he's back out of the front straightaway. His lead over Alex Pelot going to grow, though, because our points leader has made the hard left-hand turn. Alex Pelot is going to come to pit lane for the first time. His points lead is 46 right now as he brings that blue NTT data car slowly down pit lane where he will get service from Chip Ganassi's racing team. He slides in. Let's go to Dan Rusinowski. Going right to red. Sticker reds for the Chip Ganassi machine, and they are down and a very quick routine stop. Alex Pillow is off and away. And uh, meanwhile, Davey Hamilton, you saw a good battle between Scott Dixon and Roman Grosjean. Yeah, absolutely. It looked a bit like a Zanardi heard a pass back in the day in that corkscrew where Grosjean just smoked right underneath Scott Dixon in the corkscrew, outbroke him, got underneath him, and made a nice pass. For more on Scott Dixon, let's go back to Dan Rusinowski. Scott Dixon going also with sticker blacks as he moves. It makes his move out. Another routine stop for him, but that was interesting right after that move through the corkscrew. So we'll see where it cycles out. We still wait to see our race leader, Colton Hurdapit. He's making his way through turns uh, 10 and 11. Is his lead now 16.869 seconds. He's going to stay out on the racetrack once again. Roman Grosjean with that pass has cycled up into the second spot. Then it's Ed Jones in third. But Michael Young, Colton Herta seems to be in another area code right now as he makes his way into turn two. And certainly as he makes his way through the midway point, Colton Herta now exits that Andretti hairpin doing a magnificent job thus far this afternoon for that Andretti Autosport team. We talked a little bit about the various pit stops and the strategies. We just saw Alex Pillow come in, and guys, Joseph Newgarden's not but a second behind him, so that could have been the call of the race thus far. Our leader, Colton Herta, makes his way through turn number five. Another good turn five for Colton Herta. He climbs a hill underneath the VP bridge headed to turn number six. And that car looks absolutely planted as he bends it through turn number six. Red and white curbing. It used to be red and white. Most of the curbing around some of the corners of this racetrack uh, now painted black, and that's because of the Firestone rubber that has has been laid down. Herta spirals his way through the corkscrew. Jake, that car looks absolutely planted. It's the Gainbridge car of our race leader. Black machine, yellow accentuation. Colton Herta, no issue. Took it low into turn number 10. Bypasses pit road. Now sets up for turn number 11. As a matter of fact, Nick, his lead is so big that he's already through turn number 11 and the rest of the track goes silent here in turn number 10. Davey, what uh, must the pitch strategy be for Colton Herta, our race leader right now? Well, I think he just at this point is wanting to stay up, but what they need to be observant of, his last lap time was a 115.420. You look down at like, for example, Newgarden, who pitted early, a 114.6, almost one second faster than Joseph Newgarden. And you look at Pato Award, who just pitted a 114.5, exactly a second faster. But then you get down to Erickson, a 113.9. So these guys behind Colton are making up a lot of track time as far as stopwatch. Now, is he going to have a big enough lead to get back out in front of him? I think so, but right now, they're slowly creeping up by making these early stops. Move Alex Pillow back into the top five. Michael, he just made a pass around Sebastian Bourdais, who uh, pitted early on lap number three. 
was a nice pass by Alex Pillow. He was actually working on that rear wing last time by in turn number five. How quick is Alex Pillow? Well, he's already gapped himself about 10 car lengths over Sebastian Bourdais, the lap car of Alexander Rossi right behind him, and then that machine of Joseph Newgarden, which we talked about pitting off strategy. Joseph Newgarden makes his way up the hill as well. And we wondered when our race leader was going to pit. The answer is going to be on lap number 18. That Gainbridge Honda for Colton Herta has been lightning quick. He has been perfect through 18 laps. He's led them all, and now he's going to get service as he slides into the pit box in front of Dan Rosanowski. Colton Herta steps in. They change out the reds for a set of sticker blacks. No changes whatsoever. A little extra fuel, and off he goes. This report from the pits is brought to you by Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. It is Colton Herta, your race leader. We still wait for pit stops from Roman Groshan uh, as well as Ed Jones. We pause. Ten seconds for station identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. It looks like the pit sequence, at least the first round of stops, might have came to a close during the break. 20 laps into this race. Let's get some updates. We start with Alex Wolf. Roman Grosjean gave me the attention of the Interdeck ODT crew for Dale Coyne Racing with Rick Ware Racing. Went off of the reds on the blacks. Just a little bit overshooting his marks. 9.1 second stop for the 51 car. Dan Rusinowski, how about at your end? Ed Jones just making a stop, going to Blacks, and we're told that they're saving a set of sticker reds for the end of this race. An interesting strategy revealed by that team with now a couple of other guys scheduled to come in. Really good battle for the second position, Michael, headed your way. Side by side, Alex Pillow just got around Takuma Sato, but they were side by side at the exit of turn number two, halfway between three and four, and Alex Pillow finally got around that Ray Hall Letterman landing machine of Takuma Sato. Now Pillow only about a second or so behind Colton Herta. Both of them are just under the VP bridge. Michael, take a peek back at Roman Grosjean and Scott Dixon as well. That is a battle for the 12th spot. Yeah, a great battle it is. So Scott Dixon now makes his way off of turn number four. One of those cars kicks some dust up at the exit of turn number two. Dixon, who was a little off at the first stint of this race, climbs a hill about eight car length advantage over Roman Grosjean. Right behind him is Jack Harvey. So as we reset, it's Colton Herta, Takuma Sato, uh, Alex Pillow now has moved into that second spot. That kicks Sato back to third. Bourdais is fourth. New Garden is fifth. I know the lap car of Alexander Rossi is kind of in the mix there as well, but New Garden runs fifth. Award is sixth. Marcus Erickson is seventh. Simon Pagano eighth. Ninth is McLaughlin. Tenth is Ryan Hunter Ray. Then it's Graham Rahal, Scott Dixon, Roman Groshan, Jack Harvey, and Oliver Askew, the top 15. Michael, you could throw a blanket over a handful of cars. Let's pick up Pato Award, who's looking to the inside of Joseph Newgarden for fifth. They might have touched at the exit of turn number two as Joseph Newgarden got squirrely potable. Ward goes around Joseph Newgarden, but that allows Marcus Erickson to now try to close in on the rear wing of Joseph Newgarden. They make their way through turn number four, throw a blanket over him. Joseph Newgarden, one car like behind Marcus Erickson. Erickson will look to the inside, now fall back into line as now Marcus Erickson looks to the inside. He's got a great run out of turn number five and looks like he'll get around Joseph Newgarden. He will blitz past him into turn number Number six, New Garden, of course, pitted before most of these cars, and those tires are fading. Simon Pagano, he'll blast past New Garden as well. That kicks Joseph back to the ninth position. Now Scott McLaughlin and Ryan Hunter Ray, they're all over the rear gearbox. Uh, Joseph New Garden, Jake, just trying to hang on for everything he's got down the hill. 
what were we saying about Joseph Newgarden? He had the track all by his lonesome there for a while. No more. He's got his teammate Scott McLaughlin just behind him. Then it's Ryan Hunter Ray right on the rear wing of McLaughlin. Matter of fact, McLaughlin's bigger issue might be Hunter Ray behind him and not Newgarden right in front of him. McLaughlin will put about a car length or two between himself and Ryan Hunter Ray. Now he approaches his teammate, looks inside, outside. He's right on the gearbox. Michael, he'll shove it up the inside. McLaughlin into turn two. Great pass by Scott McLaughlin, but even a better try by Ryan Hunter Ray. He tried to get around as well. He'll pass Joseph Newgarden, but Ryan Hunter Ray nearly got a two for one deal getting around Scott McLaughlin. A little fire in the belly of the veteran, that number 28 DHL Honda. Ryan Hunter Ray about four car lengths behind Scott McLaughlin. Great battling the back of this field. Sebastian Bourdais will lead these seven cars up the hill to turn number six. So move Scott McLaughlin up to eighth, Ryan Hunter Ray up to ninth, and Joseph Newgarden to tenth. Davey, we are seeing the flip side of that strategy for Joseph Newgarden. Those tires just cannot contest with the guys that just pitted here in the last five or six laps. Yes, there, there's the downfall right there. Now, those are the black sidewall tires as well. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They are the red tires, the ones that wear out a bit quicker, and I think that's what we're seeing. It's just uh, he's probably just trying to get that set of mandatory red tires out of the way, get back on blacks for the rest of this uh, run. We see Colton Herter right now still leading this race by 2.5 seconds. He is on those uh, black tires where Pelot, second place runner, is on the reds right now. So I expect to see Colton just be able to slowly pull out from him as the run goes. Alex Wolf, Joseph Newgarden comes to pit lane. He goes off of those alternate reds on the primary blacks and down and away. A smooth step, but going to have to go on to the primaries for the stint. But again, Davey, I mean, the, the advantage, he may very well cycle his way into some clean air here. Yeah, the same thing that happened, although he did have clean air, but lost five positions because due to those tires. But now he's got the standard black sidewalls. I expect him to be out some clean air, cut some good laps again. He could cycle his way right back to where he was in that fifth position uh, when, when the cycle uh, all works itself out. So it just kind of feels like it's going to be one of those days for Joseph Newgarden where he's going to go up and down, up and down throughout the running order after this pit stop. He now cycles his way back to 23rd as he had gotten his way all the way up into the top five, working lap number 24 of the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Davey Hamilton is our driver analyst. My name is Nick Yeoman. Pitch hitting for our usual anchor, Mark James, who's been a little under the weather as of late. We hope to get Mark back as soon as possible. Out of the racetrack, it is Michael Young and Jake Query. Down on pit lane, Dan Rusinowski and Alex Wolf. Just two races remain in this championship uh, in the IndyCar Series. Pato Award trying to catch Alex Pillow in the championship. Uh, but there are some good battles throughout the field. Michael, let's pick up the battle for fourth. It is uh, Sebastian Bourdais. Was he able to stay in front of Marcus Erickson? No, Marcus Erickson's been dogging that gearbox of Sebastian Bourdais, and Marcus Erickson made it look easy. Now next on the hit list for Marcus Erickson is Pato Award, and Pato, after that first hit, has done a really good job on these Firestone Reds, trying to maintain that position, running in third. Now Marcus Erickson in fourth, Bourdais fifth, and then Simon Pagino sixth. Ryan Hunter-Ray got around Scott McLaughlin for seventh. Yeah, Ryan Hunter-Ray looks like he's got a pretty fast race car as he has cycled his way up to seventh. He just got around his team. Mate, Alexander Rossi, who was a lap down right behind Rossi. A really good battle between Scott McLaughlin and Takuma Sato. Sato's going to get to the inside and take away that eighth position away. Check that. That is actually the other Ray Hall letterman landing car. Jake, that is Graham Ray Hall who moves around Scott McLaughlin. 
Graham Rahal's next position he'd like to get is Ryan Hunter Ray, but he has Hunter Ray's teammate. That is Alexander Rossi, a lap down that stands between the two. Another good battle shaping up for the fifth position. Sebastian Bourdais on those old tires. He's going to try to defend Simon Pagino as Pagino looks to the inside into turn two. And Simon Pagino will make that look easy. He'll get around Sebastian Bourdais, but as you said, Nick, Sebastian on those old tires, Pagino on newer tires. Now we'll move Sebastian Bourdais up into that fifth position. So Pato Award running in that third position. Marcus Erickson fourth. Pagano now fifth. And then Sebastian Bourdais sixth. Ryan Hunter Ray seventh. And then as we had talked about, Graham Rahal starting to close in on the rear wing of Ryan Hunter Ray. But Ryan Hunter Ray with a great run out of turn number five. Look for him to get Sebastian Bourdais potentially before they get down to turn eight. Yeah, he is running him down through turn number six as they go back up the hill. Ryan Hunter Ray in that DHL car. He'll take a look to the inside of Bourdais as they narrow up up for the corkscrew, and he's going to make that pass. Ryan Hunter-Ray back down the hill. He'll get around Bourdais. What can Graham Rahal do, Jake, out of turn number nine? As we watch it now, Graham Rahal starts to set up Sebastian Bourdais into turn number 10, not able to make the move. Matter of fact, he's going to now try to swing. Took a look to the inside in turn number 11. Bourdais shuts that door, holds off Graham Rahal. This is the battle for the seventh position. Sebastian Bourdais pitted on lap number three. Tires going away on that car, and Graham Rahal is going to get a nice charge to the inside. He will pull off that pass, so move Graham Rahal up into the seventh position. I'll tell you what, Davey Hamilton, we're 27 laps into this race. We never want to see an early full course yellow, but the way it's flipped the strategy kind of upside down with some guys pitting early, some late, it is provided for a lot of side-by-side moments, which is all you can ask for here at Laguna Seca. Yeah, I think what's really cool is turn two is different than it's ever been. They usually had to double apex that corner right on the bottom of the racetrack in, in the first part of the corner and the same in the in the second part of it. Now, you can run wide. They're all they're all so wide in that corner, they're almost going to have their right sides in the dirt. So it allows two good passing, I mean, lanes through that corner. Plus, we see passes going into final turn 11. Uh, pretty exciting. And it seems like coming off of turn four, a lot of guys slipping off the dirt and allowing passes. So uh, with the mixed-up strategy, some guys on new, some on old, some red, some black. It's really exciting right now. And uh, right now, Colton Herter with a 2.5-second lead. Got to remember, he's on the... the black uh, standard tires which are a little more durable than DePolo and second running those red sidewall tires and basically running the same speeds but Kurt Hurd should slowly start pulling away as, as the laps wind down. With 67 laps to go Colton Herda has led 27 of 28 laps. He's your race leader. Alex Pelot runs second. Those two are a good 20 seconds ahead of the entire field. Pato Award runs third. Marcus Erickson fourth. Simon Pagino fifth. It's the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey from WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. Back at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, Colton Herta is your race leader over Alex Below, Pato Award, Marcus Erickson, and Simon Pagano. Well, last year, IndyCar made a pledge to support diversity and inclusivity throughout the paddock at each of our events. To get an update on some of those initiatives, let's check in with Katie Kyle, who's with a member of the IndyCar community who's on track with diversity. Jessica Mace is the first female crew chief in the Indy Light Series, and she is the crew chief for Robert McGinnis at Andretti Autosport. Jessica, what was your path to becoming a crew chief? I've done Indy Lights. I've done sports cars. I've done just weekend warrior stuff, helping out club racers. It's just being able to do a little bit of everything and understand 
every part of the car and also troubleshooting and that working on different cars and different types of things really helps you to be able to troubleshoot and take control of a problem and move forward. You've earned so much respect within the Indy Lights series that now Andretti Autosport is trusting you to go over the wall at Laguna Seca. What does that mean to you? It's pretty exciting. I did not get to change tires this year for the 500. Uh, We did not make it very far, unfortunately. So getting to go over the wall and, you know, just to do it again is so exciting. I can't wait for it. How important do you think it is that it's pretty normal these days to say, I'm Jessica Mace and I go over the wall for an NTT IndyCar Series team? When I first changed tires, I think I was the only one over the wall that year. And now there's a lot more females involved. And it's it's great to see that they're not scared to do it, even though it's a male-dominated sport, that they're getting right in there and proving that they can do it just like I did. I'm Katie Kyle. That's On Track with Diversity for the NTT IndyCar Series. Thank you so much, Katie. You can hear more of that interview on our website. Go to IndyCar.com slash radio and click on podcast. Katie, of course, a good friend of this radio network, a good personal friend of mine for many, many years. want to congratulate her and her husband, Taylor, who just welcomed in a baby girl a couple days ago, Quinn Kyle, into the world. So congratulations to them and thankful uh, for everything IndyCar does to promote diversity throughout the paddock. Colton Herta is your race leader with 64 laps to go. His advantage over Alex Pelot, 3.5 seconds. But, Davey, I'm blown away by the pace that not only Herta, but Pelot uh, is setting as well. Uh, Herta's 25 seconds clear of third place running Pato Award, and Pelot a good 22 seconds ahead of third place. Pretty amazing that that gap is that large right now with the rest of the field. Like you say, Pato Award a third that far back. I'll have to say, Herta, Pelot, it could be a good battle down here to the end. Uh, we'll just see. I think Herta has uh, used his red tire, so he can stay on Black's restway. Plo's using his right now. If uh, uh, right, and I have to think Plo's going to continue to lose ground until he gets a pair of Blacks on there. They're the tire to have in long runs. The red just wear out too quick. Just saw Oliver Askew move around Sebastian Bourdais to grab the tenth position. Bourdais. Again, Michael, he pinned it on lap number three. That black car is fading. Next up to try to pass him is 12th place running Scott Dixon. Yeah, Scott Dixon was just passed just a moment ago by Oliver Askew. So Oliver Askew on the charge and Sebastian Bourdais hanging on as Bourdais now makes its way between turns four and five. Now negotiates that turn, runs right in the center of turn number five. Scott Dixon about five car lengths behind him. They climb the hill and are headed to turn number six. And again, these drivers are uh, tenth for Oliver Askew and just outside of the top ten, Sebastian Bourdais and Scott Dixon as they head to the corkscrew. Uh, as we see Roman Groshaw going side-by-side side with the lap car of Alexander Rossi. But back down the hill, Jake and Scott Dixon trying to run down board A for 11th. A really active day already for Scott Dixon. This time it is Sebastian Bourdais that is just in front of him. Bourdais, though, is going to let that take care of itself because he heads to pit road. Yeah, we knew he had to pit soon after pitting on lap number three. In fact, uh, Ryan hunter Ray has pitted as well. How about that pit stop, though, Alex Wolf, for Sebastian Bourdais? Sebastian Bourdais comes into the pit box. He was given the option of whether or not he wanted to go on the blacks or the reds. He chooses the reds for the Rockets Chevrolet. They watch, they watch the right 
front tire changer. It's down and away in 10 seconds for the 14 crew. Uh, Dan Brzezanowski, you said you have a, pit, a car in front of you as well? That's right. Alexander Rossi coming in. They went from blacks to blacks and a bit of a bobble, I guess you could say, at the end, pulling out the fuel, but he got away. Yeah, Rossi, it's been a tough day. He right now is uh, 26th, one lap down. Those pit reports uh, brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store the NTT IndyCar Series with 61 laps to go. Uh, Colton Herta has led 33 of the 34 laps. Roman Groshan uh, got to lead a lap as well as Alex Pelot sits at second. Pato Award is third. And Davey, as we take a peek at the championship uh, running order, can never hurt. We've only got another uh, one race to go, a trip to Long Beach after this race. Right now, things looking really good for Alex Pelot. If he leaves with a 49-point advantage, he can clinch the championship by simply starting but as it sits right now, he's still got a really good chance at Long Beach. Yeah, he can't shake Pato Award loose, can he? Sitting in that third position, 30 points is a huge, huge gap going into the final race. So if they could hold this one off, uh, you know, you never count it until it's over. But I pretty much have my money put on him completely at this point. And then I look at our leader, Colton Hurd. I know he's not in the championship hub, but he wants to finish as well as he can. Right now, he, he getting, he's getting the most points he can possibly get. He's sixth in the points right now, Nick. But it doesn't it doesn't improve or lose spots for him. It doesn't. He's still in sixth when he came into this race. He'll be in sixth when he leaves this race. 115 back. And here's the big news for Alex Pelot, Davey. As they run right now, uh, if you kind of equate it to, to normal sports or other sports where you're knocking teams out of the playoffs, uh, as they run right now, he would eliminate Scott Dixon and Joseph Newgarden from having a chance at winning the championship. And those two drivers, all they've done is won the last four IndyCar titles between the two of them. So this is still shaping up to be a great day for Alex Pelot. Yeah, how about is the, is the young drivers coming to play right now or what? I mean, we got two veterans uh, of Newgarden and Dixon have uh, done so well. We're always used to seeing those those two battling out for championships. But how about the, these young kids of, of Pelot and Pato Award saying, no, not it's our turn now. The young guys have shown up. We're going to get it done. And they are absolutely getting it done like pros. Michael Young, that uh, purple car for Roman Groshan has been fun to watch. He's making a move for the seventh position. A bonsai move down into the second turn and then was going to try to get around Scott McLaughlin, but McLaughlin battled his way back alongside. But that time, Roman Grosjean able to dive deep into turn number two, complete the pass of Scott McLaughlin. And now Roman Grosjean checks out to about a four-car length advantage over Scott McLaughlin. But I will give Scott McLaughlin some credit. He has been very racy thus far this afternoon. Yeah, David, he's had a really good car. Scott McLaughlin, rookie season in IndyCar, and I think really impressed people here in the second half of the season. Yeah, improved by eight positions from his qualifying run. And what did he tell us right before qualifying? It's my Achilles heel. I just can't get a good qualifying run. P1 in one of our practices, uh, or yesterday morning's practice, P1, excited about going into qualifying. Didn't get the job done again. Just is struggling with the qualifying, as I say. But wow, what, what he's on a charge right now. Uh, P, uh, he's the sec second most improved. Sato right now is up 12 positions. Uh, nothing to see that. And how about Graham Ray? finds himself in six right now. He's up six positions as well. Yeah, you mentioned Sato. He just got the 10th spot, wrestled it away 
from Scott Dixon here with 59 laps to go. Full field rundown. Colton Herta is your race leader. Alex Blow runs in second. Pottle Award is third. Marcus Erickson is fourth. Simon Pagino fifth. Graham Rahal is the driver in sixth. Roman Groshan just moved into the seventh position. Scott McLaughlin is eighth. Oliver Askew is ninth. Kuma Sato, as I mentioned, just moved into the top ten. Eleventh, Scott Dixon. Twelfth, Jack Harvey. Thirteenth, Ed Jones. Joseph Newgarden is fourteenth. Max Chilton is fifteenth. Uh, Elio Castroneves runs sixteenth. Hunter Ray is seventeenth. Jimmy Johnson eighteenth. Nineteenth is Felix Rosenquist. Twentieth, Renus VK. Twenty-first, Sebastian Bourdais. 22nd, Dalton Kellett. Callum Eilat, 23rd. Connor Daly, 24th. James Hinchcliffe, 25th. Alexander Rossi runs in 26th. Will Power, two laps down in the 27th position. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey on IndyCar Radio. Third place running, Pato Award has jumped onto pit lane moments ago. Dan Rosanowski. Very efficient stop by Pato Award as they go back to blacks. They take off the stick, the uh, scuffed reds. But I'll tell you what, his crew is doing a really, really good job at getting him in and out of here. Had problems moments ago, right when we went to break, an issue between Takuma Sato and Scott Dixon. Looked like Scott Dixon, or uh, Sato, excuse me, got sideways in the corkscrew. And as that car rolled backwards, he caught Scott Dixon. Sato's on pit lane and may be out of this race. Dixon will find out more. How about Alex Pillow making the slow crawl down pit lane? He's going to give up the second position. He may not give it up for very long because of a huge lead. He'll slide that NTT data car to pit lane, and the Ganassi crew will go to work. Looks like he'll take off the reds. They'll put on blacks. Davey, lots of crank of uh, front wing into that car as well. Really slow pit stop right there. It took a lot of nose wing. I've been watching most every car take. They took about two nose turns out the first time. I think three turns this last time as we watched Sato hit that curb on top of the court screw. Sprints around. Dixon goes to avoid. Oh, hits Dixon really hard, actually, um, with with the right rear of his car. I'm surprised there's not some damage to Dixon's car. Sato's definitely out. It's been a toe link on his car as he rolls, almost taking Jones out as well. So, uh, yeah, Takuma Sato with some damage. He sits on pit lane. We just saw fourth-place running car of Simon Pagino. Uh, Alex Wolf. he made his way to pit lane. Yeah, he made his way on the pit lane off of Reds on the Blacks. Waited a little bit extra time for fuel for the number 22 Menards crew. So a good stop for Simon Pagino. We wait for our race leader, Colton Herta, who's leading now is 31 seconds over Alex Pillow. And Pillow, uh, despite pitting, did not lose the second position. Jake, and that blue car, Alex Pillow, making his way back down the hill. And Pillow, when he does it, has Graham Rahal just behind him. But Pillow got a little bit squirrely off of turn number 10, but now up to speed, starting to get those heat in the tires. Graham Rahal right in his tire tracks. Alex Pillow up turn number 11. Yeah, the impressive thing about Pillow is he has pitted twice. Graham Rahal has pitted once, and Alex has stayed ahead of Graham Rahal. Davey, let's clean up that incident between Sato and Dixon. It did not bring out a full course caution. Sato's day appears to be done, and you've gotten a couple good shots of the day damage to that PNC bank car for Scott Dixon. Pretty amazing. The right side pod and the right wheel flip on Scott Dixon's car is wiped out. I mean, it smashed pretty good. It looks like it's still connected to the car. It's not flopping around. It's just kind of missing in the center of it. So, uh, so far so good. It's not going to help his handling or his speed by any any stretch of the imagination because it's going to definitely slow him down and create some downforce issues. But so far so good for Dixon not having to make an extra stop to fix his car. For the other part 
party involved in that incident. Takuma Sato. Let's get an update on him. Let's go to Alex Wolf. And for Takuma Sato, while his, I guess, competitive aspect of the day is over, the day in the totality is not done for the Panasonic MyJack Honda. The change looked like the right rear toe link on the number 30 machine, and he was down and away, but several laps down. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, Davey, where does he come out of the racetrack? <laughs> it looks like a repeat, doesn't it? Right in yeah. front of Scott Dixon as he uh, as he comes into uh, back onto the racetrack, yes. Here comes Graham Rahal. He'll give up the third position. Dan Rusinowski, been a good day for the Ohio State Buckeye Graham Ray Hall. Well, as we've said, he's been much better in the races than he's been in the qualifying this year. And right now they're going to a set of scuffed blacks. Very, very quick, no cheap, little splash of fuel, and off he goes. So a routine pit stop for Graham Ray Hall as he cycles out of the top three. Colton Hurd as your race leader. We still wait to see him pit. Uh, Graham Rahal, though, he's going to come back out. And, Michael, let's pick up Rahal where he's going to blend in. Looks like it might be ahead of Simon Pagano as they drag race out of two. Yeah, about a five-car length advantage over Simon Pagano. Now he has to get those tires up to temp. But as they cycle through, it's uh, Pato Award. And right behind him, Marcus Erickson. All of these cars have just pitted. Joseph Newgarden, who's off strategy a little bit, but he also just pitted. Graham Rahal, Simon Pagano. They're making their way through turn number five right now. Yep, and uh, as we mentioned, that strategy for Newgarden. He continues to yo-yo his way through the field. Now he'll have to uh, hope those tires are good enough that he can hold off Graham Rahal and... Simon Pagano as they run right now. Newgarden is seventh. Ray Hall is eighth. Pagano is ninth as they all chase up the hill, head to the corkscrew. Newgarden's trying to catch Marcus Erickson. He's running six as they make their way out of turn nine, Jake. Working their way off of turn number 10, and Erickson will call it, Nick, about a six-car length disadvantage as they work their way now off of turn number 11. Meanwhile, there's a pretty good battle with Simon Pagano off of turn number 11. He's trying to close in on Newgard. Yep, Ray Hall is, uh, Graham Ray Hall just came off of pit lane, so those tires may still be cold. Simon Pagano trying to get that eighth spot, Michael, down into turn number two. And Graham Ray Hall has those elbows up. Simon Pagano tried to go the long way around Graham Ray Hall through the Andretti hairpin, still able to keep himself a car length ahead of Simon Pagano. So Graham Rahal now gaps himself three car lengths through turn number four. Good exit for Graham. Nearly gets into the dirt of the exit of turn number four. The United Reynolds Honda. Nice drive by Graham Rahal holding off Simon Pagano as they make their way up through turn number five. The race leader is on pit lane, Dan Rizanowski. He has absolutely dominated, and so has his crew with another efficient standard pit stop. Change of tires, going back to blacks, a little splash of fuel, and off he goes. And how about the battle off of pit lane? Colton Herta quickly accelerates as he makes his way down to turn number two. Michael, give us an update on that gap between those two young drivers. It's a slow crawl for Colton Herta off of pit lane, and here comes Alex Pillow. Pillow exits turn number two. Colton Herta now makes his way through turn number three. Remember, he's on brand new tires. This may allow Alex Pillow to catch him. Colton Herta makes his way out of turn number four. He's on those primary blacks. Alex Pillow, his tire's already hot. It's about a one-second disadvantage for Alex Pillow over Colton Herta, but a nice stop for the Adrenia Autosport crew. Colton Herta climbs the hill. Alex Pillow, like I said, 
said, about a second behind. Yep, this is the opportunity for Pelot to push, push, push to see if he can run down Colton Herta, who's been absolutely untouchable today. They run 1-2 on the racetrack. Herta will get to the corkscrew first and wind his way down through the right and left-hand turns. It's Alex Pelot, the Spaniard, Jake, giving chase out of turn nine. And we'll see whether or not Alex Pelot can catch up before they get to turn number 11 because Herta is already through number 10, but no issue whatsoever for Colton Herta. About a 12-car length advantage over Alex Pelot, who works his way now into turn number 11 as well. More updates from pit lane. Dan Rosanowski. Felix Rosenquist going over to Blacks from Reds and another very quick stop as looks like everybody is changing their plans. Rosenquist, has been an interesting day. He's uh, done a couple 360s, but he will rejoin the action. That report from Dan and from the pits is brought to you by Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Uh, working lap number 44, as it looks like we might have just put uh, the tail end of a uh, pit sequence behind us. Might be a couple more cars. Roman Grosjean, who runs in third, Ed Jones in fourth, they still have yet to pit. They pitted on lap 20 about four, uh, 24 laps ago, but it is Colton Herta, Alex Pillow, Roman Grosjean, Ed Jones, and Pato Award, your top five. Marcus Erickson runs in sixth. Joseph Newgarden is seventh. Uh, eighth is Graham Rahal. Ninth is Simon Pagino. Tenth is Ryan Hunter Ray. One of our championship contenders, Scott Dixon, is on pit lane, Dan. He's got some fuel, and he's getting a change of tires, going to sticker black. So from black to black, and Scott Dixon is out. And uh, more importantly, Davey didn't see them uh, work on that car either, any of that damage, just not enough time to either. Yeah, so the right rear tire changer took a really good look at that side pod and that wheel, wheel cover, wheel flip, and put his he touched it, moved around, felt it was solid, and off he went. So, yeah, no, no time lost other than the incident itself for Dixon. Yeah, Dixon's going to cycle. It looks like right ahead of James Hinchcliffe and as they run, that's back in the 17th position, so not the type of day that the six-time IndyCar Series champion needed to have to stay in the championship hunt. Right now, he is 76 points behind uh, Alex Pillow, and you've got to stay within at least 49 to even have a, a prayer uh, for the finale in Long Beach, the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, one week from today. Dixon, 76 points back. Newgarden, 48, so he's hanging on for dear life, and then Pato Award is 35 points behind our championship leader, Alex Pillow. He's 35 markers clear of everybody. He runs in second, 1.6 seconds back. Can he run down Colton Herta as we close in on halfway? Find out when we come back. It's the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey on IndyCar Radio. Back at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, Michael, all of a sudden we've got a battle for the race lead. Yeah, the back markers have really kept pace, but not quick enough to allow Colton Herta to get around. Felix Rosenquist, who just pitted, is directly ahead of Colton Herta. But this slower traffic has allowed Alex Pillow to close in within 10 car lengths. They climb the hill at the exit of turn number five. It's Colton Herta, five car lengths over the number 10 of Alex Pillow. Herta's car wiggled just a little bit at a turn five. He does not have the clean air as he's got uh, Felix Rosenquist ahead of him. And every single lap, Alex Pillow starts to eat into that gap. Jake, it is eight-tenths of a second. Call it four car lengths back down the hill. Here we were thinking Alex Pillow going into the race was probably thinking, hey, I just want to be clean and try to get a good points day. Now all of a sudden he thinks to himself, wait a minute, I'm within close sight of the leader. And by that I mean narrowing and narrowing that gap. It's about five car lengths right now. Colton Herta holding off Alex Pillow up turn 11. The disadvantage of being so fast is you can't 
catch the tail end of the field. There are four lap cars ahead of our race leader, Colton Herta, who's got a five-car length advantage over Alex Pelot. Yeah, and those cars have been battling the last couple of laps. Renus VK and Max Chilton battling. Jimmy Johnson in there. Then Felix Rosequist. That's how they run. Just ahead of our leader, Colton Herta. That time a little bit cleaner for Holton. Colton, I should say. But as we had said, there's really no place for Colton Herta to go. He's got four slower cars ahead of him trying to put Felix Rosenquist down a lap. This time by Alex Pelot. Just seven car lengths behind Colton Herta. They climb the hill into turn number six. Pelot's going to be in that second. Same dirty air, so the handling will go away on his car, but he has made up the ground he's needed to on Colton Herta. Seven-tenths of a second. Chilton, Johnson, and uh, Rosenquist all hard on the brakes. They're the lap cars in front of our race leader, Colton Herta, who is searching around, Jake, just trying to get around the lap traffic. At the halfway point of the race, the challenge now for Colton Herta. Get around Felix Rosenquist, but be aware of where Alex Pelot is. He now is right on the rear wing, trying to put Rosenquist a lap down, but as he does that, all of a sudden Alex Pelot, accordions right in behind him, five car lengths between them. Back on the front straightaway, Colton Herta closed on uh, Felix Rosenquist, but Michael still not close enough to put Rosenquist a lap down. No, I think it's going to be get smart time for Alex Pelot. He's just going to ride around and maybe take advantage of a miscue from Colton Herta. He had a lot of pressure on Colton Herta two laps ago, not so much this time through, but as we had said, the back of the field starting to hold Colton Herta up. He gets a nice run, talking about Colton Herta on the rear wing of Felix Rosenquist. So Rosenquist climbs the hill now. Colton Herta now just two car lengths behind Rosenquist, but here comes Alex Pelot, five car lengths behind. Boy, these two young drivers, Colton Herta and Alex Pelot, both under the age of 25, their patience being tested here as they both have cars good enough to win races. Of course, Pelot in the midst of a championship hunt, and they are dealing with lap traffic again back down the hill. Rosenquist swings a little wide. Jake Herta all over the back of that rear wing. Herta now is going to set up for turn number 10. Boy, he does so right now, and Polo is visibly closer than last time by. It's a two-car length advantage for Colton Herta. Polo really dives in deep into turn number 11. He closes within a couple car lengths as the back end of Herta's car steps out just a little bit. Polo close enough to make Herta sweat. Not close enough yet, though, Michael, to make a move into turn two. The patient Spaniard looks to the inside of Colton Herta. He gaps it down to two car lengths. Col- Colton Herta with a nice exit of turn number two. But again, two car lengths. Colton Herta over Alex Pelot. Felix Rosenquist directly in front of our leader, Colton Herta. Herta swings wide into turn number four. But Alex Pelot is there. They drive up the hill to turn number five. That left-hander, Colton Herta. About a three-car length advantage over Alex Pelot. Pelot gets a nice run out of turn number five. Call it four car lengths. Our race leader stuck in massive lap traffic with 45 laps to go. Back up. Up the hill, heading to the corkscrew. Colton Herta gets a nice charge. He'll put about a four or five car length uh, gap, but he has to get hard on the brakes because he's got that lap car of Felix Rosenquist right ahead. They accordion back up. It's three car lengths. Herta back to Pelot. One would assume that Herta assumes Pelot doesn't want to get overly aggressive at that points championship, but that right now that gap about the same as last time by. Herta starts to tiptoe through turn number 11. Pelot does the same. Uh, Jake makes a great point, Davey. Alex Pelot, uh, very carefully and very close to playing with fire. How aggressive can he be in this position? 
Well, as you say, he needs to be very careful. But right now, you got to remember, he's in the same situation that uh, Colton is in dirty air. Just can't catch the car in front of him. Just as Colton catches Rosenquist, he loses ground. Just as uh, Pillow catches Colton, he loses ground. So dirty air is everything. But right now, the most impressive one in that group, it's, it's actually Chilton leading the group with Jimmy Johnson, Rosenquist, Colton Herta, and Pillow. Jimmy Johnson almost made a pass on, on Chilton down there in turn two. So right now, it seems like Jimmy Johnson, he, although still running 21st, is a little bit of a move. Yeah, he, he's figuring it out. There's no doubt. It's been a slow crawl for the seven-time NASCAR Series champion. But uh, Jimmy Johnson just gets a little bit more efficient. And honestly, Davey, the mistakes that we saw in the first half of the season, those are starting to go away. We didn't talk about Jimmy Johnson at all at Portland. Finished on the lead lap. And again, we're not talking about him much here. Still on the lead lap, barely, but taking care of that Carvana machine. Yeah, doing a really good job, actually. Pace, race pace seems to be fairly good. Uh, unfortunately, the, one of the guys he's racing with, Max Chilton, he's down, he's lost 10 positions since the start of this race. Don't know exactly what happened or when it went on there, but unfortunately, he had a really good qualifying run. Was hoping to see him run good in the race. He's keeping decent pace, but just uh, lost a lot of ground. So, again, we are watching our two race leaders, Colton Herta and Alex Pillow. They're separated by just a couple car lengths, and they are in heavy, heavy lap traffic, trying somehow to get around 20th uh, place Max Chilton, 21st running Jimmy Johnson, and 22nd place running Felix Rosenquist. But again, it's Herta and Pelo, P1 and 2. Pato Award runs 3. He's still 21 seconds behind. He's catching those two, but has uh, a long, long way to go. Marcus Erickson runs 4th. Graham Rahal is 5th. Simon Pagano is 6th. Roman Groshad runs in the 7th positions. Do want to touch in with Alex Wolf. You saw a pair of pit stops for guys on alternate strategies. Roman Groshad and Joseph Newgard. Yeah, Roman Grosjean came in a little bit over eight seconds step, went off of the blacks, stayed on the blacks, front wing adjustment. Meanwhile, a few pit stalls up. Joseph Newgarden, same thing, off of blacks, stays on the blacks. No adjustments, seven and a half seconds, and Tim Sindrick on timing stand telling them they're going to make these tires last as long as they can in the stint. Grosjean's had a really good day. He started 13th. He is now up to the seventh spot. As for Newgarden, Davey, we've seen a very alternate strategy for Newgarden kind of stabilizing. He started 17th, and it's shaking out right now. He's running in 13th, simply not making up the ground that he would have liked to. You know, what happened there, I think, is uh, they did the right call. I really believe they did. They've gained some position, but they had to go on those red tires, and it just they lost so much ground on those cigarettes. Probably should have started on the reds, got them off early, then went blacks the rest of the time, but um, good, good. Tra- he had to gamble it. You absolutely have to gamble right now. Uh, he's out of the out of contention of the championship right now, uh, being these 57 points behind uh, Pelot. So, uh, what do you got to do? You got to do what you have to to just give it a shot. Just throw throw it out there. Colton Hurd and Alex Pelot have dominated the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey, but their patience is being tested in lap traffic. We're right back from WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. The IndyCar Radio Network would like to thank these stations for carrying today's race. WWBF in Bartow, Florida, KCPS in Burlington, Iowa, and WMBY right there in Monterey, California. We are uh, working lap number 55. There are 40 laps to go in the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Colton Herta has led all but one lap. Uh, he has checked out on the entire field with the exception of one man, and that is our championship leader, Alex Pelot, who is six-tenths of a second behind. 
and Pillow has been all over the back of Colton Herta. The problem, they're all dealing with a ton of lap traffic, and as they make their way through the corkscrew, Jake, I'm a little surprised. Uh, Colton Herta doesn't appear like he's got any way to get around the final car in the lead lap, Felix Rosenquist. You would think that Davey Hamilton touched on it, just that dirty air in that Gamebridge machine, not able to be able to get up and make that pass on Felix Rosenquist. That's fine with Alex Pillow because he's going to tuck right back in behind, but he might have the same issue with Colton Herta because those three pretty evenly spaced from one another. Herta got a good charge through turn number 11. We'll see as they run down to turn two. Michael, is he able to make a move on Rosenquist to put him a lap down? No, he's not trying to do anything, really. I think they're going to ride around until that pit window opens up. And then when Colton comes and or Pelot comes, I think they're coming at the same time. But this could be an opportunity for Alex Pelot to snooker him a little bit. Since he's running behind Colton Herta, they could wait late and then come to pit late and maybe get a lap on this, these back markers in the back of the field. Colton Herta makes his way through turn number five. Again, three car lengths behind Felix Rosenquist. And then Alex Pelot, he's right there, four car lengths behind running in that second position. Davey, do you agree with the uh, proposed scenario that Michael kind of laid out that this may come to uh, dueling pit stops, a showdown on pit lane between these two? Yeah, if I'm either one of those two driver strategists, the second that pit window opens, I'm coming in because you're being held up so massively. And with those newer tires, you're, we know you're going to be faster. So undercutting is the way to go. Now, I, I also agree with Michael. I think they'd come in the same as soon as the pit window opens. If I'm the strategist of either one, I'd be coming. So don't be surprised they don't come in the same time. Then it's a battle of the pit crew to see who can get out uh, get out first. But right now, Colton Herta with eight-tenths of a second lead, uh, that's quite a bit when you're on pit lane, but uh, one little bobble, and that could put Pillow ahead of him. And how about the pressure, Davey? It, it, it falls on the shoulders of those guys on the pit crews. They work so hard during the off-seasons and, and throughout the week to stay in shape to pit these cars. Sometimes you get a race where you're just out there and you, your, your pit stops can be mediocre, but all of a sudden, it's going to be money stop time for those two crews. Yeah, without a doubt, and we and we look, ooh, somebody went off course right in front of our, our ladies was Jimmy Johnson, little dust plume, all good, lost a little bit of ground uh, of Chilton, but you know, we've seen a pit stop of Oliver Askew uh, where they let the car down too early, the left front did go on, probably a 20 second pit stop or somewhere in there, a double double time, let's put it that way. But you know what? He, he came back and he's rebounding. He finds himself in eighth position after he just passed McLaughlin and Ryan Hunter Ray, now trying to chase down Grosjean, but he's got a long ways to go before that happens. Yeah, pretty good battle, Michael. It's for ninth. Ryan Hunter Ray trying to hold off that PPG car of Scott McLaughlin. Yeah, Oliver Askew's been the man on the charge. Ryan Hunter Ray, just two cars behind. That is the battle. Further back in the field, Scott McLaughlin trying to get around Ryan Hunter Ray. Whatever Ryan had earlier in this race doesn't seem to have it right now. Ryan Hunter Ray makes a left hander of turn number five, and that will allow Scott McLaughlin to close back in on that rear wing. Both drivers race up the hill underneath the VP bridge. Yeah, there are five cars there. Four of them are on the lead lap. The car in the middle is Alexander Rossi. He is a lap down. But again, these are the drivers running 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. Jake, it is Ryan hunter Ray in the DHL car. He will lead that train out of the corkscrew with Scott McLaughlin in tow, Borde and Newgarden in the hunt as well. 
taking a look at it. Hunter Ray down towards turn number 10. Boy, he really went down low into the turn, but McLaughlin was not able to make up any ground. Rossi is closer to McLaughlin realistically. The McLaughlin is to Hunter Ray through 11. Keeping an eye on those race leaders, Michael Young said uh, that James Hinchcliffe is also now one of those lap cars. That So there are now four lap cars right in front of our race leaders as they stack up into the carousel. Davey, they are all over each other. And again, Colton Herta and Alex Pillow just nowhere to go. Yeah, right now you wouldn't think that the leaders, ooh, as Rosequist makes a little mistake, Colton Herta's going to get under him going down in turn 10 right now, gains one of those spots, has the car in between him and Pillow right now going down into 11. Jake, how big was that pass there in turn number 10? Really good precision there from Colton Herta as he went down to the inside of Felix Rosenquist, made that pass. I believe that's Jimmy Johnson now that would be next in his crosshairs in getting some of those lap cars as a buffer. But what he has done, Colton Herta, he has put a car between himself and second place running Alex Pelot. And meanwhile, we've been talking, Michael, it's at the back of the pack, but Jimmy Johnson and Max Chilton having a great battle. The issue is it's right in front of our race leader. Yeah, Colton Herta has to be aware of that fact. Every time Jimmy Johnson sticks a nose to the inside or outside of Max Chilton, Colton Herta's right there. But now Colton Herta starting to get a little aggressive. Get those elbows out. It's go time for Colton Herta on the rear wing of Jimmy Johnson. Again, he's got that lap car, Felix Rosenquist, between he and second place running Alex below the field through turn two, or Col- should say turn six. Yeah, Colton Herta wants some breathing room from the hard-charging Alex below. The problem is, the only way he's going to get it, he's got to pass all these lap cars. He got Oliver Askew. Check that, Felix Rosenquist. And now he's all over the rear wing of Jimmy Johnson, Jake, as they make their way out of the corkscrew. So we will see if Colton Herta, boy, he looked inside, looked outside, trying to do everything he can to get now around Jimmy Johnson. We'll see what happens if he does the old high-low switch. He does not through turn number 11. Jimmy Johnson holds him off with, again, Rosenquist serving as the back marker between Herta and Alex Pillow. One of those four lap cars will move out of the way. That's James Hinchcliffe as he jumps onto pit lane. But again, we are tracking Colton Herta and his charge to get around the lap traffic and give himself some breathing room on Alex Pillow. Michael, that five-car train led by the lap cars of Chilton and Johnson are out of turn two. And that time, Alex Alex Pillow tried to get around Felix Rosenquist and then get back onto the rear wing of Colton Herta. Again, Max Chilton and Jimmy Johnson with our leader, Colton Herta, right behind them. Then the lapped car of Felix Rosenquist. Alex Pillow about four car lengths behind that. Jimmy Johnson once again looks to the inside of Max Chilton. And again, Colton Herta right there. They're again underneath the VP bridge. This really is, Davey, intriguing stuff to watch these uh, two fast race cars, two fastest on the racetrack by a mile. Herda and Polo deal with this situation of lap traffic here with 35 laps to go. Yeah, remember one thing. Jimmy Johnson seems to be holding Colton Herd up. Not seems to be. We know he is. But you know he's not going to give it up easy. He's teammate to Alex Pillow. you got to remember that as well. So he's going to no team orders by any stretch. He's doing a good job staying in front of Colton Herta. But he's not going to make it easy on him for sure. And for Colton Herta, I mean, how patient does he have to be, Davey? He knows he's faster than Johnson. He knows he's faster than Chilton. But, boy, the last thing you want to do is possibly throw away a race win. Yeah, as, as Jimmy Johnson just goes underneath Max Chilton for that spot. So put it, put Max Chilton now in front of Colton Herna as Jimmy Johnson makes a nice pass down into turn two. So Jimmy Johnson moves up into the 19th position. Max Chilton, now the car right ahead of our race leader, Colton Herta. 34 laps to go. We owe you a full field rundown. Colton Herta is your race leader over Alex Below. Those two are 16.4 seconds ahead of third place running Pato Award. Marcus Erickson is fourth. 
Graham Rahal is fifth. Simon Pagino is sixth. Roman Grosjean is seventh. Eighth is Oliver Askew. Ninth is Ryan Hunter Ray. Tenth is uh, Joseph Newgarden. Newgarden just got around Hunter Ray, so move him up to ninth. Scott McLaughlin is eleventh. Ed Jones twelfth. Thirteenth Sebastian Bourdais. Fourteenth Jack Harvey. Connor Daly runs in fifteenth. Scott Dixon is sixteenth. Seventeenth is Renus VK. Eighteenth Elio Castroneves. Nineteenth Jimmy Johnson. Twentieth is Max Chilton. Twenty-first Felix Rosenquist. Callum Eilat is twenty-second. Twenty-third is Dalton Kellett. James Hitchcliffe is twenty-fourth. Alexander Rossi twenty-fifth. Will Power twenty-sixth. And Takuma Sato twenty-seventh from WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. Back at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. It's the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey on the IndyCar Radio Network. Nick Yeoman and the entire IndyCar Radio crew. Our driver analyst is Davey Hamilton. And Davey, during the break, Colton Herta might have found that little bit of breathing room he's been looking for. It's now 2.9 seconds over Alex Pillow. And I imagine nobody likes that as much as Colton Herta's pick crew. Yeah, that's right. Forget the, the 2.9 seconds lead. More importantly, two cars in between the two of them. And that is, that's where the key is, having those two cars in between them. And, and right now, I, the pit window is going to be open in the next lap, actually. So we'll just see who and uh, who, who comes in first to pit. So uh, Colton Herta has two lap cars, as you mentioned. One of them is uh, Elio Castroneves. The other is Felix Rosenquist. And for Alex Pillow, I mean, he's been close on the back of Rosenquist's machine, but Davey seems to be playing it awful safe here, knowing that he is your points leader. Well, you know, I think he knows what he has in that race car, and I'm pretty sure he's getting everything out of it that he can. I know he's maybe playing it safe, uh, but I think he's just being smart because he knows if he tries to push any more to catch Colton, it could run him into a mistake, and and that's the last thing he needs with a 30-point lead right now over uh, Pato Ward in that championship. And when you have 30 points going to the last event, uh, that's, that, that gives you a lot of confidence you're going to walk away with that crown. 31 laps to go in this event. Colton Hurd is your race leader as continue to see dust kicked up all around the racetrack. Ryan hunter Ray might have gotten tagged in the rear by Sebastian Bourdais entering pit lane. As Davey mentioned, the pit window is opening. We start to see some cars pit. Ryan hunter Ray again, just uh, two more races, one more race after today, driving for Andretti Autosport as it was confirmed this past week that he will be uh, leaving that team, and that team will be moving on uh, in the offseason. I'll tell you what, right in front of second place running Alex Pillow, Davey, he's got Elio Castroneves to his outside. As he's trying to get around Castroneves, he'll put him a lap down, and now he's all over the rear ring of Felix Rosenquist, Michael, as they make their way down into turn number two. But an even bigger thing, it's all the cars that just pitted are going to come out right in front of Alex Pillow, talking about Ryan hunter Ray, Sebastian Bourdais. They will all file in over Alex Pillow, so as he makes up some ground, he will then have more cars in between he and leader Colton Herta. Alex Pillow just exiting turn number four. Colton Herta is already exiting turn number five. Jimmy Johnson about five car lengths ahead of Colton Herta. Then it's Sebastian Bourdais, a lap car. Ryan hunter Ray, a lap car. Rosenquist. Then Alex Pillow, Elio Castro slow out of turn number five. Boy, and Colton Herta's advantage starts to grow once again. It went from three seconds. Now it's up to five seconds as he is, uh, again, right on the rear wing of Jimmy Johnson. But, Jake, give Jimmy Johnson a lot of credit. He's not slowing up Colton Herta as he's pulling away. 
As a matter of fact, you can call it, say, three and a half, four car length advantage for Jimmy Johnson as he works his way now into turn at number 11. Then there are a couple of cars before you get back to Felix Rosenquist and Alex Pillow. But Alex Pillow, Nick, has decided to go on to pit road. So with 30 laps to go, our championship leader has taken the hard left-hand turn onto pit road here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, where he will come to the attention of the NTT data crew for Chip Ganassi Racing, Dan Rusinowski. Here comes our points leader for his final pit stop. Final pit stop for Alex Pelot. He is going to black tires and no no adjustments whatsoever. A slight edge in, in pushing out, but it looks like he's all right. It was a clean stop for Alex Pelot as he will hustle that car, wiggles it a little bit, trying to get as much heat as possible in those tires. Michael, where will he cycle out in terms of lap traffic? Our championship leader, Alex Pelot. Interestingly enough, right behind Max Chilton and Dalton Kellett. Man, and they go side by side, so that will potentially hold up. Or check that, that's that's Callum Eilat as they make their way through the turn number four complex. Yeah, it is Kellett. Dalton Kellett right in front of Alex Pillow. We'll see if Kellett moves over. He does. He will allow Alex Pillow to go to the outside. Now, we'll see if Alex Pillow can get around Max Chilton. But right where they went in, they'll come back out the same way. We'll see how quickly Colton Herta comes to pit lane. Boy, Davey, that's the last thing Alex Pillow wanted to see. Fresh tires, and he's got lap cars side by side. Yeah, the last thing you want right now with those fresh tires, though, he's going to catch up to to uh, Chilton, who was a couple cars in front of them, and we'll see if uh, Colton Herta it comes in pit lane this time. No, he does not. He's already down in turn two. Yeah, so how important is it now, Davey, for Alex Below? Uh, is the team asking him to turn qualifying laps at this point? Yeah, no, you need to you need to absolutely lay some laps down, and hopefully Chilton won't impede that because that's uh, he needs to gain on uh, he needs to get lap time right now. Graham Rahal is in front of Dan Rusinowski on pit lane. He is going to sticker reds. He's in P two right now as he gets a very standard stop and a good good release. And on the same lap, Alex Wolf, Simon Pagano, he's had a good day as well. Very good day with the pit sequence and cycled up to fourth when he made a stop. Stays on the black tires, the primaries for the 22 car. Yeah, Pagano and uh, wasn't the only one, along with Graham Rahal, Marcus Erickson makes a pit stop as well. All of those drivers have been running in the top ten. Erickson going to kick up a little dust as he takes the long way out of the pit exit road. He's going to have to clean those fire tires off as fast as possible because Simon Pagano is just a couple car lengths behind. Again, we wait for our race leader. The pit window is open and here comes Colton Herta. Final pit stop of the day with 28 laps to go. Dan Rusinowski, it needs to be a perfect one for Colton Herta, who has dominated this race. It has to be perfect. He puts on the brakes. They're going to sticker blacks and a little bit of extra fuel. They wait to pull the Buckeye out. Off he goes. He'll peel out of pit lane. It looked like a good stop. Now the question is, how far ahead is he of Alex Pillow? Those two have been slugging it out all day long. Colton Herta leaving pit lane, Michael, into turn number two. Boy, and Colton Hurd and that crew doing a fantastic job. Here comes Alex Pillow with Max Chilton in front of him, but Colton Herda will clear him by at least a turn. Colton Herda back on track. He'll be right behind Romain Grosjean. He will now exit turn number four. Alex Pillow about three seconds behind him. Pillow still behind Max Chilton, but Colton Herda, that Andretti Autosport team, the Gabriel sponsorship with a super stop. Colton 
Hudson Herta climbs the hill as Alex Pillow just now exits turn number five. Those final reports from Pit Lane are brought to you by Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Colton Herta, a great final pit stop. He gets out ahead of Alex Pillow with 27 laps to go. He does not have the race lead. That is Roman Groshan, Jake, who is in front of you. Groshan, though, still has one more pit stop to make. Yep, so we'll see whether or not Roman Grosjean decides to take it now. He does not. He stays out on track. So Roman Grosjean goes into turn number 11. He has behind him Colton Herta. Then you have the back marker of James Hinchcliffe, Max Chilton, before you get to Alex Pillow. Davey, all told, uh, Colton Herta and Andretti Autosport got to be happy with how that sequence played out. Yeah, and the best thing that there is there's another teammate, but this time it's the teammate of Colton Herta right behind him that Alex Pillow would have to get around and James Hinchcliffe. So that's going to be a tough task. I say no team orders, I'm sure. But if he catches up to Hinchcliffe, he's not going to be easy to pass. So the drivers running second, third, fifth, and sixth have all made their last pit stops. That's Herta, Pillow, Ray Hall, and Award. The drivers running in the race lead. And fourth, that's Roman Grosjean and Joseph Newgarden. Uh, shortly, they will be factored out of the mix as they need to make their final pit stops. We see Ed Jones in the Sealmaster car. He's had an interesting weekend. Davey, he and uh, Roman Grosjean took a pace car ride around on Friday, and it didn't end very well with Grosjean yeah. nosing it into the tire barrier. Airbags went off. It was a big hit. Thankfully, those two were okay. So my bet for Jones is next time they go for a ride together, he wants to drive because it didn't work <laughs> yeah. out too good with him in the passenger seat and Grosjean hitting the inside or the outside of pit wall coming down into this very tight pit lane. Uh, yeah, pretty interesting. They, they hit it hard. It wasn't, it wasn't just a tap. And uh, I haven't talked to either one, but I, wouldn't, I know they have to know what the field bags feel like at this point. Yeah, they smashed up the front of uh, Honda Civic Type R pace car on Friday, but uh, getting the good news, both of those two okay. And I'm disappointed because IndyCar shared the video of that uh, that duo ride, and they didn't show the accident. They showed the two getting in and talking and chuckling and having a good time, but uh, they kind of, you know, ignored the elephant in the room that we all wanted to see. So, Well, uh, I've seen it. i definitely seen it. Oh, you, and, did uh, you see the footage? Oh, you know, yeah, i seen the footage, <laughs> and uh, it was definitely a pretty good shot. And one thing for sure, they both got out and ran like they were stealing that car, so I'm not sure what the deal was there, but uh, it looked like a robbery gone bad, and, and uh, they got out and hooked it huffed it, that's for sure. Oh, we can laugh about it because they are okay, but it's been a good day for those Dale Coin Racing teammates. Again, Roman Groshan is your leader. He last pitted on lap 46. We are on lap 70 with 25 laps to go, so we anticipate a pit stop for him shortly. Uh, we pause. 10 seconds for station identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. are listening to the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey on these great stations, WGHT in Pompton Lakes, New Jersey, WJSQ in Athens, Tennessee, and WIBC in Indianapolis, Indiana. My name is Nick Yeoman. Davey Hamilton is our driver analyst out on the course helping call the action, and there has been plenty. Has been Jake Query and Michael Young down on pit lane covering all the stories on pit stops. Dan Rusinowski, the radio voice of the San Jose Sharks, and Lima, Ohio's own Alex Wolf. as we are working 23 laps to go. Colton Herta's advantage. Now three seconds over Roman Groshan. Groshan just now is jumping on pit lane. And uh, Alex Wolf, you will have the final pit stop for the Frenchman. For Roman
Roman Grosjean off the blacks and on to the reds for this final stint, waiting for the fuel on the 51 car, front wing adjustment, right front tire changer tells him to go, and he's down and away. Looks like he'll switch to the alternate reds, and Davey, the most fascinating part was, you know, Colton Herta could have just waited for Grosjean to pit, right? But he wasn't going to do that a couple laps ago. No, his car is obviously hooked up right where he likes it. 4.8 second lead now that all this cycles out over Plow. But here's an impressive run by Graham Rahal. He continues to not have that good qualifying run, but continues to fight his way through the field. Finds himself right now after pit stop after in, in the right sequence in third ahead of Pato Award, Erickson, and Pagano. Yeah, Graham Rahal has just had a sneaky, really, really good season. And I know he's disappointed he hasn't won a race, but boy, just time and time again throughout the course of this season, that 15 car has marched its way to the front and he has passed a lot of cars so uh, Graham Rahal poised as they run right now with 22 laps to go. He may take home a trophy for finishing third but he is still 13.6 seconds. He's catching Colton Herta and Alex Pillow but Davey's simply going to run out of time and as you mentioned the tire strategy may hurt him as well. Yeah, tire strategy might hurt him. They're fast right now. He did a good job by getting ahead of Pato, Ward, Erickson, and Pagano on those softer compound red tires. But at the end of this run, he's going to pay for it. They're going to slow down a little bit. So what he needs to do is make sure he only has a two-point, I'm sorry, a two-second lead over fourth-place running Pato Award. That could be in jeopardy just because those tires are going to wear out as, as time goes. And how big was that pass uh, for Alex Pillow as well, Davey? One more spot for Pato Award to lose as he goes to third to fourth, and it's three more points in the championship for Alex Pillow. Now 33 markers ahead of uh, Pato Award as they run with 21 laps to go. Yeah, and, and 33 points back, as you said, and, and we talked about going into the final race. If you have a 33-point lead, it's uh, it's yours to lose at that point because that's pretty hefty. Uh, but the, it'll be down between those two. It puts Joseph Newgarden and Scott Dixon will be out of contention. Mathematically, no way of winning the championship after if they finish the way they are right now. Yeah, I mean, realistically, for Alex Pillow, if he would have left uh, this race with a 49-point advantage over everyone, he would only need to start the race. But with 33, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, Davey, all, all he may have to do is finish you know, 15th or 16th, and even if uh, if Pato Award goes against the race, win. yeah, he's going to take care of this. Yeah, that's right, correct. And so, you know, no matter you, I, first, I'll tell you this: don't count him out for going to win that race in Long Beach. He's not going to just do look for the championship. He's going to look for winning this race. His, his teammate right now, Jimmy Johnson, does pull over, lets him go by to chase down uh, Hinchcliffe and the next car in front of him, just to try to make up some time. But he's going to try to win that race for sure. But he also, obviously, is a very smart driver, knows what he wants to do, and got to look at the big picture, and that is the championship. And the nice thing is, it's a straight course event too, Davey, and those races sometimes can get a little weird. Things, you know, you don't usually expect to pop up, so the bigger the cushion leaving this weekend, the better for Alex Below. Yeah, and you know, how many times have we seen incidents going down into turn one at Long Beach? A long straightaway, bends to the right, somewhat of a blind straightaway, coming into a really hard and heavy braking zone into a sharp left-hander before you get to turn three around that fountain. We've seen many starts uh, with just small mistakes taking guys out. So, you know, it's not over till it's over. They could, You never know who could get caught up in that. But uh, if Polo, you know, he's going to go to win, like I said, don't be surprised if he's not in the first row when that uh, when that green flag comes out. The lead for Colton Herta is 5.77 seconds with 19 19 laps to go is 
But Alex Pillow continues to try to work his way around lap traffic. Davey, a little bit earlier this morning, the 2022 IndyCar schedule announced. Uh, if you want to see the entire schedule, start planning out your vacations next year. You can go to IndyCar.com or follow IndyCar on Twitter. But some of the highlights, Davey, the biggest thing that jumps off for me right at the beginning of the season, we're going to race in St. Petersburg, and we're going to do it in February. And then the very next month, we're going to go to Texas Motor Speedway in March. What do you think about that? You know, just something different, a little bit interesting. You, you never know how the schedules work out and, and why they, they change them like that. But the good news is they're on the schedule. Like, you got to love that. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. But we always love both of those events. But Texas being the second one is uh, is interesting. And I love starting in February. Let's start with that. I yeah. think February start date to stretch our season out and, and get in front of people more often, you know, sometimes out of sight, out of mind. And I love it that we're getting in front of the fans, uh, you know, more of the calendar. Other highlights include, Davey, just one race this year at Detroit at Belle Isle Park. We go back to Iowa, and that, of course, is going to be a doubleheader weekend. I think we're all excited about a return to Newton, Iowa. Yeah, pretty. just kind of swap those around. Still 17 races on the schedule. Uh, I think Iowa's a great track. I think it's uh, one of the better ovals that we go to for a fan as well when you sit in the grandstand at one seat and see the entire track. And we know that 7-8 mile, uh, mile track produces a lot of great races, and, and it's bullet fast around there. And for West Coast race fans that love going to WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, this race next year will be the season finale. It'll be run on September 11th. So great to crown a champion uh, here at WeatherTech Raceway next year. Other highlights include the 106th run of the Indianapolis 500. That is May 29th. And, of course, it all gets started on the streets of St. Petersburg in February. February 27th, the 2022 NTT IndyCar schedule. And, again, you want to see more of those dates, go to IndyCar.com, where the schedule was released a couple hours ago. 18 laps to go. Colton Herta back out on the front straightaway. His lead is 6.6 seconds. Herta goes across the start-finish line. Alex below just now leaving turn 11 at Gainbridge car. He's hanging it out everywhere, Michael, but he is lightning quick. Colton Hurd has been on one heck of a drive today. Yeah, he put those left sides on the exit of turn number four back in that dirt. Nearly a replay of what he did on that second lap and may have cost him a second or so. Kicked up dust that uh, almost looked like a wake of a boat, a rooster tail. He got off and uh, was able to get it back on. No harm, no foul as he enters turn number five to give you a, a visual. Alex Pelot just exiting turn number four. So Colton Herta on a Sunday cruise as we expected him to be. Alex Pelot running in that second position and Pelot just now under the VP bridge. Yeah, he's about 6.7 seconds back, and uh, the good news, Jake, for Alex Pillow is he's got clean track in front of him. No more lap cars. The problem is nobody has had anything for Colton Herta. Yeah, the best way to say it is simply that Colton Herta right now, as he works his way into turn at number 10, off that turn already, essentially has a section of the track lead over Alex Pillow because Colton Herta has worked his way already back onto the main straightaway. And as I say that, Colton Herta, or excuse me, Alex Pillow, just now taking that turn off turn number 11. It is Herta, Pillow, Ray Hall, O'Ward, and Erickson, the top five. And Graham Rahal, who runs in third, Davey, I just saw some hand gestures from that driver. He doesn't appear to be happy with one of our lap cars. Looks like that was uh, Felix Rosenquist, I think, that he actually got by. I don't know. Oh, no, it's actually 
Max Chilton he's not happy with uh, holding it up a little bit, knowing that he's on those red tires, knowing that he needs to get as big of a gap as he possibly can over Pato Award. He has four seconds right now, which is a nice gap to have to make up, but he definitely needs to get Max out of his way and make up some more time. Yeah, Graham is uh, is certainly frustrated with the lap traffic, but it, it is a problem that Colton Erda and Alex Pelot had to deal with about uh, five or ten laps ago. Uh, of course, Colton Herta, young American kid from California. He's one of the coolest guys in the paddock, and he is poised just 16 laps away from scoring another race win. Jake Query took a 90-second lap with a likable California second-generation driver. Colton Herta is with Gamebridge Andretti Autosport. Let's get right to it. I want to know this. Uh, you're in the cereal aisle at the grocery store. You're buying what? Um, honey Smacks. Honey Smacks. Wow, that's kind of out of left field. That's what I used to eat as a kid. All right, I like that. Now, when you were eating it as a kid, I'm assuming that you were watching some sort of kid TV show or cartoon. It was what? SpongeBob. SpongeBob is a popular answer in this category. Is that a racing thing? Uh, I think that's a comedy thing. I could still watch SpongeBob and, and laugh at the joke. Or it's an age it. thing. I'm just old, right? Is what Possibly. Is. Okay, so now that you are an adult when you're watching something, whether it be Netflix or whatever else you might be watching, you're binge-watching what? Mandalorian. If there was a superhero that you could be, you would be who? Probably Iron Man. He seems like he has like the coolest personality out of all of them. Whether he's a, he's a superhero, or, superhero or not, you can make the call, but... I like his persona. How many languages do you speak? I only speak English. I took one semester of Spanish, so I can put sentences together. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Okay, then lastly, do you have any vices? Uh, Whether, you know, I don't know, do you swear too much? Do you gamble? Do you have superstitions? What would it be? I, I mean, I don't really have too many superstitions. I think, you know, I always get tacos after I win. That's right. King Taco, right? Love that. All right. yeah. Let's Love hope King that you're having one after this race. Sound there good? Go. All right. Colton Hurdy, your hot lap is up. Thanks for tuning in to the NTT IndyCar Series on stations all across the United States, including KYDT in Pine Haven, Wyoming, WIOU in Kokomo, Indiana, and WABH in Bath, New York. We are watching a charge from the Frenchman, Roman Grosjean, one of the last drivers to pit, and he is starting to run down Graham Rahal for the final step on the podium. He's been blitzing by lap cars left and right. Grosjean in that purple car. Jake, he is now just two car lengths behind Graham Rahal as they wind their way out of the corkscrew. There are two things that are curious to watch here. One is that exact battle. Graham Rahal trying to hold off Roman Grosjean. It's a two-car length separation, as you talked about, heading into turn number 11. The other one is Pata O'Ward, who got a little bit loose coming off of turn number 10. He has Marcus Erickson right behind him. That's the battle for fifth, and Nick, it's a critically important one to the points championship. O'Ward trying to hang on. You're right, Jake, for every point that he's got. That battle for fifth, third. Here comes Grosjean to the inside. Grosjean will make the pass on Graham Rahal, but does Graham have anything to try to retaliate with at the entrance of turn number three? Grosjean, the midway point of turn number three, will now check out three car lengths over Graham Rahal. So move Roman Grosjean to the third position, drop Graham Rahal back to fourth. And further back, we look for that battle in the fifth position. This will have championship implications. Pato Award just got around his teammate Felix Rosenquist. The next person behind him, Marcus Erickson. Marcus 
try to get that fifth position away from Pottawa Ward. Grosjean already checking out on Graham Rahal as they head towards the corkscrew. But as Michael touched on, the other storyline involves Pottawa Ward. He runs in fifth as they make their way out of the corkscrew. Marcus Erickson, Simon Pagano all trying to give chase that could hurt the young Mexican driver's chance of the championship, Jake. Here is the thing. Teamwork comes into play here because Pata Award has behind him the car of Felix Rosenquist serving as a buffer between Pata Award and Marcus Erickson. Erickson would like to get around Pata Award because that would cushion the points lead for his teammate, Alex Polo. 11 laps to go at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Colton Herta is your race leader by 5.2 seconds over Alex Polo. 14 seconds behind is Rowan Grosjean. Davey, i got to be honest, if we were to get a full course yellow, I don't know if Roman Grosjean might, might not be the, the favorite to win this race. He is well, absolutely hauling the mail. Let me just tell you this. Don't know where Colton is. I'm sure he's not getting the very most out of his car because he doesn't have to with a 4.9 second lead. He just ran a 115.9 second lap. Grosjean, a 114.6 over almost a second and a half faster uh, Grosjean than Herta and, and Polo, by the way. So, uh, man, if it was a restart, you never know what could happen. Uh, but right now, you know Colton's not laying it out on the line either. So I think they have some more under their belt. And Plo being that far back and, and with no no chance of catching, he may be just taking it easy as well. I have found Colton Herta. He is back on the front straightaway, and he's about to cross the start-finish line to see just 10 laps to go. But similar to story to what we saw about a half hour ago, Michael, our race leader, into turn number two, and he's got lap traffic to deal with. And visually, it always looks as if Alex Pillow is actually closer than he is. Pillow exits turn number two as Colton Herta enters turn number three. It call it a couple of seconds, but it looks as though Alex Pillow starting to close that gap. But back to your point, Nick, Colton Herta again on the end of the tail end of the field. We got Connor Daly directly in front of him. Then it's Alexander Rossi is lapsed out, and then Jack Harvey. So once again, Colton Herta can't find himself clean track, but Alex Pillow has clean track and the next person in front of him is that leader Colton Herta and of course uh, Colton Herta as he charges up towards the corkscrew Connor Daly's going to play nice I was just going to make that point Davey uh, with just 10 laps to go I would imagine lap cars probably going to be a little more sympathetic to the charge for Colton Herta yeah Connor Daly running 15th uh, just another car on the track really I mean good run for Connor getting in a top 15 spot but no sense impeding the leader Colton Herta you may need that favor sometime in your career as well it doesn't hurt Connor by doing that. Actually, he's in 16th, but a good move by him. And the next, yeah, the next two cars in front are Alexander Rossi. That is a teammate. And uh, the other one is, is one of the Myers shake cars. In fact, Hurt is going to blitz around Alexander Rossi right away. The other car is Jack Harvey. That's the Myers shake car. And, Michael, the reality is he is a satellite uh, car. So, so things starting to set up pretty nicely for Colton Hurt. Indeed it is, as he makes his way through turn number four, Colton Herta, as we just saw Sebastian Bourdais go off track, but Jack Harvey directly in front of Colton Herta, then Alexander Rossi, Connor Daly serve as buffers between first place running Colton Herta and second place running Alex Pillow. Jack Harvey now makes his way through turn number five, up the hill through turn number six, Colton Herta, five car lengths behind him. Boy, Groshan continues to charge. He was a good 15, 16 seconds behind. He's already got it down to 9.8 
seconds, but with just nine laps to go, anything other than a full course caution, probably going to come up short, but uh, he has absolutely blitzed his way through the field and looks poised for a podium finish And as he makes his way out of the corkscrew. Jake, it's been one of the great stories this season. Roman Grosjean, he's been fast, he's been successful, and I think he's loving being an IndyCar driver. No question about that latter part. He has, of course, taken to this country in a way where he took his family on an RV to go around from Road America to Belle Isle to see the sights of the United States and acclimate himself to IndyCar racing. He has been oh so strong. Roman Grosjean looking for a podium finish here at the WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. 8.5 seconds back for Grosjean. Pelot in second, 3.3 seconds. But it is Colton Herta who has absolutely dominated. He has led 83 of the 87 laps so far today. The other four laps have been led by Roman Grosjean throughout the course of pit sequences cycling their way through. It is Colton Herta, Alex Below, Roman Grosjean, Graham Ray Hall, and Pato Award your top five. Marcus Erickson is sixth. Simon Pagino seventh. Oliver Askew is eighth, trying to stay in front of Joseph Newgard. Newgard just got him, actually. So move Joseph into the eighth spot. Oliver Askew still running in the top ten. He's ninth. Ed Jones runs in 10th. Ryan Hunter-Ray is 11th. Scott Dixon going to fall out of the championship hunt in 12th. Scott McLaughlin 13th. Sebastian Bourdais 14th. Jack Harvey 15th. Connor Daly is 16th. Jimmy Johnson 17th. Renus VK 18th. Felix Rosenquist is 19th. Elio Castroneves is 20th. James Hinchcliffe 21st. Max Chilton 22nd. Dalton Kellett runs in the 23rd position. 24th is the rookie Caleb Eilat. 25th Alexander Rossi. He started 2nd had an incident on lap number 3 that uh, saw him fall 2 laps down. Will Power has had problems. He has fallen to 26th. 2 laps down. And Takuma Sato is 27th. He is 5 laps down. And Davey with 7 laps to go for the two drivers that have split the last four championships, Scott Dixon and Joseph Newgarden. It's been an unbelievable rivalry. They have slugged it out. Uh, no doubt about it, the two best drivers in IndyCar over the last five years. They are both going to see, more than likely, their chance to win the championship go away here at Laguna Seca. They've been good, but simply not good enough this season. Yeah, that's right. They actually just had a little bit of bad luck, some mistakes made, just not quite enough. And still a good run, like like you just said. I mean, running a third, fourth in championships, nothing to seize it, especially as competitive as this field is. But uh, uh, right now, uh, you have to be 49 points is to, to even have a chance. Ooh, Grosjean and Jimmy Johnson get together going down the corkscrew as Grosjean flies. He's trying to catch up. He's in that third position trying to catch up to Pelot. Uh, Jimmy seemed to get away. Uh, gets by him. It doesn't seem to be any damage to Grosjean's car, but he's trying to make up some time. That was up there at the corkscrew as uh, they banged wheels and slid together. Davey, you're getting a chance to see the replay. Holy smokes. Oh, wow. Left side tires for Grosjean came off the ground there. Well, I think all tires at a one point. <laughs> I mean, it was two at a time, and Grosjean, he just blew that thing in there and just... What happened, oh, it definitely messed his side pot up a little bit, but they're going to keep going amazing after we've seen Erickson in uh, Nashville uh, go for a flyer. Basically, car straight up there, come down, he goes on to win the race. Now, Grosjean, huge hit to that corkscrew on Jimmy Johnson. Well, 
can't see any damage. He's still cutting laps. He lost some time, but still sits in that third position. And, and Davey, did Jimmy Johnson do anything wrong in that situation? No, no, not no, not whatsoever. Because what happened is he he was still ahead. I mean, he still was completely ahead of Grosjean. Grosjean went in there just so deep, but uh, Jimmy already committed that corner, put Grosjean a little low, hit that curbing. That's what flew his car up in there and into Jimmy. So did I answer that? Well, no. Jimmy was a lap car shape over. He, he, he was quite a ways back, so I don't blame anybody on that one. Uh, Grosjean tried to pull the Zanardi pass. And it, just, yeah. it simply didn't he needs work. To go watch, he needs to go watch that replay just <laughs> one more time to see how uh, Zanardi pulled that one off. He is hustling that car because he knows he may not be able to catch Colton Herta, who is 7.5 seconds ahead in fifth, but he can still run down Alex Pelot. He's going to get around the lap car of Connor Daly. Michael, this charge by Grosjean, it is not done yet. He may still have a chance at second here. Uh, he's doing a fantastic job, as you said. He just got around Connor Daly, the entrance of turn number two, Jack Harvey, now directly ahead of him. And then the lap machine of Alexander Rossi, who had an off just a lap or so ago here at the exit of turn number two. Let's see how the third place running Ramal Grosjean does. He has Jack Harvey two car lengths ahead of him. They make their way through turn number five, and Grosjean gets a nice run back and wiggles ever so slightly. Two car lengths behind Jack Harvey. Grosjean trying to carve his way through lap traffic. He is all over Jack Harvey, about a car length behind as they head towards the corkscrew. This is where he had the contact with Jimmy Johnson. Boy, Harvey moves over to driver's left. He'll give Grosjean the right side of the racetrack, but it was a daring move to get to the outside. Now Grosjean, Jake, snakes his way out of turn number nine, trying to run down Rossi. So that means that he's going to try to get around Rossi so that he can get in contact with the second place running Alex Pillow, but the laps are clicking down. Rossi is about two and a half car lengths in front of Vermont Grosjean. Rossi is about ten car lengths behind Alex Pillow. Davey, if Rossi plays nice and lets Grosjean by, do you think he's got enough time to catch Alex Pillow? I think he may have without that mistake with Jimmy Johnson. Three seconds is a lot to make up in four laps, although his last lap time, uh, pretty close to the same, actually. I, I Actually, Grosjean was a little slower that time because he's making a pass. So I think that uh, Pelot's safe at this point, but don't count him out. He's, he's working hard, but first of all, Rossi's got to let it by. Yep, and uh, Michael, will Grosjean get around Rossi out of four? He will, yes, indeed. Alexander Rossi will move over to driver's right, allow him, uh, talking about Roman Grosjean, to make the pass on the left-hand side. Now next in Roman Grosjean's side, second place running and championship points leader Alex Pelot. They're already through turn number six. It's amazing. Grosjean on the reds. As much as he is pushing them, they don't appear to be falling off as he's got about three and a half seconds to make up on Alex Pelot, who runs in second. Meanwhile, though, Colton Herta is your race leader. Jake, how about Grosjean, though, out of the corkscrew. Reality is that Grosjean has the same distance just about to the eye to make up to Alex Pelot that Pelot does to Colton Herta. And Herta, for all intent and purposes, is kind of putting this one in the bag here in the last handful of laps. So Roman Grosjean right now running in third. Then it's Graham Rahal fourth, followed by Pata O'Ward, Marcus Erickson, and how about Joseph Newgarden, who now runs in seventh? Yeah, he's moved into the seventh position to uh, keep his championship hopes at least at a very, very faint heartbeat. Meanwhile, your race leader is Colton Herta. Michael, he's making his way around this racetrack as we continue to watch Pelot and Grosjean give charge. 
Yeah, but that last time by, Colton Hurd in the exit of turn number four. Looked like that left side, the left rear, tiptoed through the exit of that turn like he was hanging on for dear life. Colton Hurd already underneath the BP bridge. Then Alex Pelot, Ramon Grosjean has already exited turn number five. He is closing the gap on second place running Alex Pelot. 2.9 seconds. Grosjean running third back to Alex Pelot. Continues to charge. He's the fastest of this trio. Herta, meanwhile, out of the corkscrew, Jake. One, two, three. Herta, Pelot, and Grosjean. Colton Herta sets up for turn number 10. This is your race leader. He has between himself and the points leader, Alex Pelot, who's running second, the car of Sebastian Bourdais. But Pelot now gets around Sebastian Bourdais. Back in clear sight to the leader, Colton Herta. Back on the front straightaway. Colton Herta will stream across the start-finish line and lead his 89th lap of the day. Two laps to go here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. And we see Alex Pelot running in that second position, and Roman Grosjean has closed that gap even more. Colton Herta now through turn number three, sets up for turn number four. Alex Pelot about a second and a half to two seconds behind him, but Roman Grosjean is on the charge. Colton Herta now makes his way through turn number five. He's at the midway point and now exits that turn. Then it's Alex Pelot's turn. Alex now halfway through turn number five. He'll exit the turn. The lap car of Sebastian Bourdais, and then it's Ramon Grosjean who will get by Bourdais underneath the BP bridge. Bourdais moves out of the way. He'll let Grosjean charge with a lap and a half to go to see if he can get Alex below. The podium is set as these three are a good 12.6 seconds ahead. The only question is below and Grosjean. What's going to happen for second? Meanwhile, though, Jake, the race leader is already out of your sight is moving through turn number 10 talking about Colton Herta. Then it's Alex Pelot evenly spaced now to Ramon Grosjean as Colton Herta is about to see the white flag. Nick. He will. Just one lap to go for Colton Herta who absolutely dominated this race two years ago. Michael, he needs one more perfect lap for Colton Herta to score another win for Andretti Autosport. Yeah, it looks like he's going to do it again. You think back to the beginning of this year his dominant performance at the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg and then what could have been at Nashville when he threw it away with a handful of laps to go. Today, not the case. Colton Herta has been masterful as he makes his way through turn four for the final time. Colton Herta, two-second advantage over second place running Alex Pelot through turn number five. Here comes Colton Herta. Back end wiggles ever so slightly. He's underneath the VP bridge managing turn number six. Here comes Colton Herta. Pelot and Grosjean are giving charge. Grosjean continues to try to run down Pelot, but he is running running out of time, and they are all running out of time to catch our race leader, Colton Herta. Jake, here he comes out of the corkscrew for the final time. The native Californian has absolutely had a golden weekend here in the Golden State. Colton Herta in that golden black Gamebridge machine, very clean through turn number 10, sweeps it wide, holding off Alex Pillow into turn number 11. Nick, help bring home Colton Herta. Colton Herta will lead 91 of 95 laps. It's his fifth win of his career. Colton Herta scores the victory in the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Alex Pelot, your championship leader, comes home in second. He'll extend his points lead over Pato Award. And Roman Groschon charges to within 3.7 seconds of the lead. The Frenchman will take home the final step on the podium. The rest of the top five, Graham Rahal and Pato Award. We'll take a break and hear from some of our top competitors when we come back. It's the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey, won by Colton Herta on IndyCar Radio. 
Back at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca as Colton Herta has taken his Gainbridge Honda to victory lane after his second win of 2021. And, Davey, how about the weekend for Honda? They take uh, the top four spots with Herta, Polo, Grosjean, and Ray Hall, and they extend their lead in the manufacturer's point standings. 13.06 for Honda, 11.75 for Chevrolet with just one race to go. Yeah, pretty much have that locked up as well uh, for Chevrolet in that fifth position. So, as you said, swept the first four spots. Only three Chevrolets actually in the top 11. So, uh, Honda had a good run here this weekend uh, for sure. I probably pretty much sealed that championship up as well. Uh, watching Grosjean, what a great run for him in that third place. He's happy with that, that's for sure. And in terms of our uh, IndyCar point standings now, Davey, it is Alex Pelot, 517. He's got a 35-point advantage over Padua Ward. 48 for Joseph Newgarden, so Newgarden uh, will all but be eliminated when we drop the green flag. Scott Dixon now 72 points back. Marcus Erickson fifth, 87 points back. And our race winner, Colton Herta, again, he's going to come up short in the championship, but uh, certainly hitting a, a good stride at the right time at the end of the season, Dave. Well, what that did is really put him pretty much solid in that sixth position in the championship ahead of Graham Ray Hall, and um, so good run for him. He needs to do that. He wants to just finish it off by wins. That's all he could do. Alex Wolf, Roman Groshan was a lot of fun to watch today as he comes home in third. He sure was as he's going around and congratulating each member of his crew. And Roman, if there was a drive of the day, I think you're the winner of that one. What was the uh, drive for the cockpit of that Honda? Yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. Some time of the race were really hard. And uh, early in the race, I realized the reds were going to be better than the blacks. So I wanted to be the last thing on the reds. But that meant we had to go in the middle, long on the blacks. And uh, it wasn't always funny out there, slippery. But then we uh, we came back at the end, and that was mega. I think uh, yesterday qualifying went so happy. We got a big block in our fast lap. But today we uh, we had a really good car. Now a little bit of excitement towards the end of the corkscrew there with Jimmy Johnson. What was that like for the driver's seat? Yeah, having a bit of a misunderstanding, and Jimmy, you know, being teammate with Alex, I guess he wasn't going to make my life easy. I thought he had saw me. Uh, it didn't quite saw me, so we had a bit of a contact. But I think we were both okay after that, which is the main thing. When you got out of the car, the crowd here across the way, you applauded them. They applauded you. What does it mean to have this fan support all season long? Yeah, it's been incredible this season. The support from the fans and uh, it's just been great. So I, I just want to, you know, share the podium with them. Uh, without fans, we wouldn't be racing. So uh, they're a big part of the of what we do. A lot of fun watching out there today. Congratulations on the run. We'll see you at Long Beach. Thank you, sir. Yep, That's so, Roman Grosjean. Yeah, no doubt about it, Alex. He was a lot of fun to watch uh, as he takes a third-place finish. Davey, I mean, he, he's got to be the next first-time winner in IndyCar, right? Like, yeah, he, he is, man. His face is incredible. Yeah, he's knocking on the door, and you're right. I, I think he's... He has that opportunity to to be that next first-time winner, no question about it. There's some other ones beating on the door as well, but it looks like he's a, he should be at top of that list. Yep, Grosjean comes home in third, just 3.7 seconds uh, behind our race winner, Colton Herta, who has made his way to victory lane. We will hear from him as soon as he wraps up uh, talking to the folks from NBC. Alex Palolo comes home in second, finishing ahead of all the other championship counterparts. So a nice point stay for him as he takes a 35 
five-point lead to Long Beach with one race to go. Davey, he has done exactly what he needs to do uh, to, to close out a, a potential first championship next week. Yeah, without a doubt. He came into this race with 25 points uh, lead over, over Pato Ward. And when you leave with 35, you did a good job. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, haven't did, the, the math hasn't finished yet, but uh, he... He just has a, probably a top 20 almost is all he'll have to finish, and that's if Pato kind of sweeps the weekend. As we mentioned, the podium, Herta Polo and Grosjean. Graham Rahal with another strong run, Davey, finishing the fourth spot. Yeah, really good spot run for, for Graham. I mean, we knew that he was on those uh, softer red tires, and it um, it just they, they wore out a little faster than Grosjean's did. Let's hear from our race winner, Dan Ruzanowski. You have him in victory lane. Colton Herta, what an amazing run you had today. Uh, it, it looked pretty easy easy when it comes to the distance, but you had a lot of incidents, starting with Rossi in the beginning. You had to deal with a lot of lap traffic, and then it came down to a couple of amazing pit stops by your crew. No, yeah, it was hectic, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, happy to have Honda on board and Gamebridge, and yeah, like you said, the crew did amazing today. Uh, we definitely deserved it. How tough is it when you're in a situation where you have a big lead, you know you have the best car, and you're dealing with lap traffic in a tight course like this where it's difficult to get around? Uh, I guess you just know the guy behind is having having a hard time to, to I can't talk with this echo. Sure. Uh, but no, great job by everybody. Uh, super happy. What do you think about uh, just the implications for the championship going into Long Beach? Uh, I don't think I'm in it. Nope. So. That's <laughs> Does right. It make a difference. To me? Obviously, obviously, the hope is that you have a really good finish to the season in your home state. This is the first part of it. You go down to Long Beach and try to finish it off. Uh, what are your thoughts just about bringing home another victory in such great fashion here? I uh, love it so much. Can't wait to come back next year. Colton, congratulations. Thank you. That's Colton Herter, race winner. He does it in his home state. He's got another week in California at Long Beach. And again, he's not in the in the championship race, but obviously there is some impact in how it's going to finish up. Yeah, he may steal away uh, some points for those championship drivers. And we head to a street course in Long Beach where, uh, of course, Colton Herter won at St. Petersburg earlier this year. So he is going to be a threat. What a uh, of the season for Colton Hurd on a strong march as he gets his fifth win of his IndyCar career. He won his first at Circuit of the Americas. He won at Laguna Seca that same rookie season in 2019. Picked up a win at Mid-Ohio last year and now wins at St. Petersburg and Laguna Seca for his grand total of five. Let's hear from our championship leader. A good day all around, Alex Wolf for Alex Pillow. Very good day for Alex Pillow. It was a battle with Colton Hurd heard it through that traffic in the pits uh, what was the runner-up finish from your perspective yeah i'm i'm really happy with today um i think i was a bit surprised that we were uh, so competitive with colton there um, i expected to suffer a bit more today during the race but um yeah really really exciting race um it was i think that colton had to be more patient he he did a really good job um, on traffic to be honest so yeah happy with the p2 today i think we did the most we could uh we extracted the maximum and it was exciting to have um high tire deck i think it's a only track that we have this tire um this high tire deck but um, yeah it was exciting and i hope everybody enjoyed the race first race at portland you had a win first race here laguna seca second place finish what's it about these new tracks they just uh, take to them like a fish to water uh, uh, i don't know man it's the team that helped me get ready for it but uh yeah hopefully we can repeat at uh, long beach next week you talk about Long Beach, 35-point lead. You've been quoted as saying you're not going to worry about the championship till that last pit stop at Long Beach. But now with just one race to go, does the uh, 
thought at least to creep into your mind about maybe a championship locked up on the streets of Long Beach next Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it's it's good that we we improved our advantage today. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's not over, man. We we just need to focus and keep doing what we're doing. So that's why I say until last pit stop or even until the checkered flag, you don't know what can happen, right? So until the checkered flag, we will know who's the champion and hopefully we can take that championship home. Another great run here today. We'll see you in Long Beach. Thank you so much. That's Alex Pillow over to Dan Rusinowski. Pato Award, uh, obviously implications in the championship, and uh, uh, you are still in a position where if you have a great week at Long Beach, special things could happen. But what are your overall thoughts today? Yeah, I mean, we maximize absolutely everything that we had in this car, in this number five Armacon SP Chevy. We just didn't really have the pace every, every leader had. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can pull off in Long Beach. I think we maximized, like I said, but we, uh, we definitely weren't up to pace to, to truly challenge for the win this time. Obviously, patience is a virtue. That's what you're going to need to go through the next couple of weeks. Give us your thought on your confidence about, uh, about taking it the way you want it. Uh, I'm pretty handy around a street course, so I'm just going to send it and uh, try and execute in every single session like we like we've have been yeah. and yeah maximize our package and let's see if we can take the win and then let, it, let everything else fall like it's supposed to we know you'll do that thanks for joining us thank you that's Pato Award who obviously is very much alive in the championship but although it didn't finish the way he wanted to finish today uh, Davey that's about all he can do right just send it and uh, the way things shake out nothing you can do about it and we know he can send it, and he is right on those uh, on those street courses. It seems like those tight quarters plays to his favor, and uh, he's done such a great job on those. And uh, you know, one thing I have to say is he, he's an outstanding driver. We all know that, and that's a great race team. But that team's going to continue to get better and better. Not that Sam and Rick Peterson didn't have that thing up and going and able to win, but with Zach Brown and McLaren joining, uh, they got a lot of you know they're in Formula One. They're going to take some of that technology, I'm sure, bring it over here and just get strong. Stronger and stronger, and uh, sounds like a good home for Pato Award for a long time. All right, we'll take our last break. When we come back, some final thoughts as well as a tribute to one of the most unique members of the IndyCar paddock that we lost recently. This is IndyCar Radio. Back at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca for the final time. You know, a couple weeks ago, the IndyCar community lost uh, one of its most unique voices. There's no doubt about it when journalist Robin Miller lost his battle, longtime battle with cancer. Jake Query, who was not only a professional colleague, but a good friend of his as well, pays tribute to the late Robin Miller. In a life of so many accomplishments, it was a failure of which he was the most proud. I flunked out of Ball State in 1971, and that's hard to do. In typical fashion, he responded by deciding to take a gamble, trying his luck as a pit stooge for his hero Jim Herdebees, and finding a familiar fate. Doesn't pay me. Realizes about a week and a half into it, I'm not, I may be the dumbest person that's ever been in our extra. Has to fire me. Free help when I get fired. Robin Miller was born on October 27, 1949, the son of a Marion, Indiana native who was himself raised on the south side of Indianapolis. By the time he was in high school, Miller had fallen in love with the things that captivated most Indiana teens, junk food, basketball, and auto racing. He first visited the Indianapolis Motor Speedway at the age of nine, became his basketball's team manager by 15, and after his flameout at Ball State, talked his way into a phone-answering job at the Indianapolis Star Sports Department in 1968. 
Eventually, fate had him writing for the state's largest paper. Miller was the traveling Jimmy Olsen of the ABA-dominant Indiana Pacers. But it was the sport of racing where he was the most at home. I go to work for the Star and beg them to let me cover racing. Then I buy a Formula Ford from Andy Granicelli, thanks to Art Pollard. Then I become part of the Bentonhausen family, buy a midget there and start running USAC. And I'm I'm writing 52 columns a year about USAC racing because USAC was on top. By the mid-1970s, at the apex of the Indianapolis 500's popularity, Miller became the most authoritative voice on auto racing in America. Polarizing but fair, Robin eventually gained a trust amongst the entire paddock. Four-time Indianapolis 500 winner, A.J. Foyt. I think a lot of people realize one thing about him, he didn't make up stuff. You might think he's making up, and then within a week or two, you find out he didn't make it up. It really happened. But it was away from the track and the spotlight where Robin was his best. The man was a walking Indianapolis almanac, an immediate link to and source of information for all the things held dear by the people of this city. He brought Long's Donuts to the media center, reached out to aspiring writers, advised IndyCar executives, and introduced foreign drivers to American culture via the Indiana State Fair. 2013 Indy 500 winner, Tony Kanaan. That will be something that we will remember every year from now on for the rest of our lives in uh, shooting basketball and winning uh, a stuffed animal and giving to some of the kids around right on the spot was Robin's thing. It was always a, a thrill. The names and faces changed. Robin never did. For Foyt, friendship with Miller became as cherished as any trophy that racing awarded him. And I really enjoyed it. And just like the other day when we had lunch together, that was a highlight of my life coming in because I didn't care to come up there. I went up there mainly just to be with Robin and have lunch with him. And I don't do that for many, many people. In January of 2021, Miller, whose career spanned 53 years and included the Indianapolis Star, Racer.com, NBC Sports, and Versus Television, among others, was inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame, a fitting final lap for a life of authenticity, loyalty, and passion. There's nobody in this day and age that can come along and have the luck I had. It just doesn't happen. It just, it, I was at the right place at the right time. And somebody said, let's give this poor 45 IQ moron a chance to do something. It's so humbling to see how many people jump in and want to help. And it's beyond overwhelming. You just can't even, what do you say? How do you repay people for that kind of kindness? You can't. You just have to say, I'm so lucky to have that many friends. It's, 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 it chokes you up. I don't, I don't cry very often, but God, it makes you cry because you think about it. All the people have jumped in to help. And you think, <laughs> they don't have to do this, and they do. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I uh, If I don't get up tomorrow morning, I've had a great life. Godspeed to Robin on a race so well run. Robin Miller was 71 years old. Godspeed to Robin Miller, who, uh, to his credit, uh, penned a, a piece for Racer Magazine at the beginning of the season predicting that we would see this incredible youth movement uh, here at the uh, this 2021 IndyCar season with winners like Colton Herta and, of course, Alex Pillow, who is closing in on a championship. He will certainly be missed. Uh, Davey Hamilton, some final thoughts on today's race as we put it in the rearview mirror. We look ahead to Long Beach for Alex Pillow. Boy, the pressure. It doesn't seem like a guy that 
that gets affected by it much, but he took a lot of pressure off his own shoulders by finishing second today. Yeah, well, two, two things that didn't surprise me. Number one, Colton Hurd to dominate in this event again just after being with him a few years ago. The last time he was here, was able to do it. Just something about him in this racetrack really clicked. And then and then uh, Alex Pelot, uh seeing him on the podium running second, that's no surprise to me either. Uh, I think the biggest surprise is Grosjean finding himself third on the on on the step and uh, what a great run by him. He's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, rumors of him going over to the Andretti Auto Support for uh, for next year could be interesting and um, we'll just have to to uh, wait and see. But and Graham Rahal, hats off to him, man. He continues to have problems qualifying, but runs his his way up to fourth position. His dad won this race before, just like Colton Hurd, his dad did. So uh, his time may be coming. David, let's have some fun closing out the season next week at uh, Long Beach. How's that sound? Yeah, I can't wait, man. Long Beach is great. Going straight down there, be ready for it. All right, looking forward to a great job today. Colton Hurd, your race winner. Alex below second. Roman Groshan rounds out the podium. Graham Rahal fourth. Pato Award fifth. The Firestone Grand Prix at Monterey has been brought to you by Firestone, the official tire of the NTT IndyCar Series for driving IndyCar legends. American Medical Response, official partner of the NTT IndyCar Series and the AMR IndyCar Safety Team. Racing Electronics, in-car race communications provided by Racing Electronics. The Indy Racing Experience, it's the fastest seed in sports. The Children Foundation, proud sponsor of Racing for Kids. Hitchman Racing Racing uniforms, nothing fits like a henchman. Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Coors Light, cold as the Rockies. Coors Light is proud to be the official beer partner of the IndyCar series. Coors Light made to chill. Safety Clean, the official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar series. Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar series. Borg Warner, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar series. Owens Corning, official safer bear provider of the NTT IndyCar Series and by NTT, the official technology and title partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Our driver analyst today was Davey Hamilton. Covering action around the track was Michael Young and Jake Query. In the pits, Alex Wolf and Dan Rusinowski. The chief engineer for IndyCar Radio is Rick Evans. Satellite support by Scott Burgett. Our producer is Sam Rumsa, and the network director is Chris Pollock. I'm Nick Yeoman inviting you to join us again Again, in one week for the final race of the NTT IndyCar season, it's the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Our coverage starts next Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern on most of these same stations. And don't forget to download the TuneIn app and listen to classic Indy 500 races 24-7 wherever you go. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.